Welcome back to the Whole My Remote Podcast with your hosts, Joel, Holland, and Sandal. And today we're going to be talking about God of War and the new Avengers movie. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Well then, let's just jump right in. Boy. Okay. So, I, I'm kind of curious what... I know that us three, we all, for the vast majority of it, like really enjoyed God of War. What parts did you guys not like Ooh, starting out on a negative note starting on a negative and going to the positive bold move cotton <laughs> all right i don't know how do you feel andrew uh, i didn't like the grindiness of uh, the two new the two realms actually it was just one of the realms uh niflheim yeah niflheim's a pain in the butt um but yeah that was probably one of the downsides of it i didn't like um it was, I mean, it was fun, but the grinding for those mist echoes, oh boy, mm, not a fan. But I mean, it was yes. still fun nonetheless. To... So I, I think I was thinking about this actually because I just finished the game today, whereas you guys have finished it now for a couple of days, and I decided that the first thing I would do after I finished the main story content would be to do the grinding in Niflheim to do the armor quests so that I could get the armor to then go and fight all of the Valkyries. Because, I, I mean, I, I fought two of the Valkyries and it went okay. Or, well, actually, I fought three of them. I beat one, I've only beaten the one, but I fought or I fought three of them. And so I thought it would be a good idea to go get a, a better piece of base armor. And, you know, we're all playing on hard mode. And I think that part of the issue is that hard mode works when you have a set of encounters like a group of enemies and the timing as they filter in where there's a little bit more control I'd say whereas in Niflheim it's randomized so my experience was that I would go in and fight that first encounter where all the enemies are level 7 so there's hard well I think as hard as they they get unless mm-hmm. there are a couple of well I think they go up to level maybe. 8 yeah. yeah, but but they're they're like as hard as any standard enemy is going to be in the game, and you take a huge amount of damage because you're on hard mode, and so it's just chaotic. It, you know, you're going in and you're trying to get you know maybe 200 miss echoes, and then you leave, and then you maybe see if you can fight and finish that first encounter, because the likelihood is that if you go any deeper, especially with the the mist issue where you'll you'll die if you stay in too long. If you don't die in the encounter, then you'll die to the mist because the enemies are just too strong for you to be able to to meet grinder your way through before either the time or your life runs out. Sounds yeah. like you need to get good. No, I, <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> no, I that, agree. That, that might be true. Oh, wow. That might be true. <laughs> Golly, uh, Niflheim was the greatest part of the game. You guys are both crazy. No, I, I agree. <laughs> the thing with Niflheim that I noticed is like. You have to go in, you do have to do that where you like go into that first area and and then leave immediately and you're getting like 200, 300, maybe 400 on a good run until you build up enough to get enough of the gear to where the um the mist it, it like like I can do like a full round now before the mist starts getting close, but I have like the full gear, the like axe hill um plenty like plenty of the enchantments and i have a talisman that i can use to like remove to like gain more time back and also heal me in the mist and it's like i like you know once you have that then you can just you know get through there pretty quick or uh, it's a lot easier but 
Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought Musselfime was... Well, actually, Musselfime was way more fun the first run through, but once you've finished Musselfime and then you go back to do the repeating part on Musselfime, I would say that, like, the re- the repetition in Musselfime is less fun than the repetition in Niflheim. Sure. But Niflheim starts with that repetition right off the bat. Right. Yeah, does, I think yeah. I think it's just, like, a mechanical choice because it's a difference between having, like, zoned encounters, challenge rooms versus the more almost like roguelike style that they went for with Niflheim. Because mm-hmm. even though the geography is the same, the, the enemies that you're encountering are different and you may or may not get certain quest rewards that you need depending on how deep you get. Yeah, the second I go into a room and I see those little things that burrow under the ground and like two wolvers, I'm just sitting there like, fuck, this is going to be bad. <laughs> I might not make it out of this. I might just try and skip this one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than that, though, Holland, uh, you know, was there was there anything in particular that that you didn't like, um, or is it really just the grindiness? I, I think that, and then the the Valkyries, um, the Valkyries were a good in side encounter, but I think um, after a while, I think of the of the nine uh, spoilers, sorry, um, you. You get you get the idea that they are the same, but they throw in you know one has a little bit more ads. Um, they change up the fight styles and uh, moves are different. But when you face the the last boss, it's kind of the same thing. It's, so that was it. Yeah, it, it I, was, I haven't finished the last boss yet. I, I mean, the final Valkyrie, the one that you fight in the. The open area, yeah, yeah. The, the Valkyrie of the Council, yeah, um, it, yeah, it, it's good. Although she, I mean, she probably she she probably I should retract that. It's she is the hardest boss oh, yeah. in the game, yeah, hands down. It was really hard. Um, did you beat her? I did, yeah. You're cutting out there. I can't hear you. No, I did. Yeah, I beat her. Okay, wow. I'm yeah, I've been making almost no headway on her. Uh, she... Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's like basically a pool of Valkyrie attacks, and when you fight the the eight that are scattered around, they just all have different ones, and maybe one's missing and one that another one has. But they're pretty like I think by like the the fifth and sixth, the like no, sorry, from the sixth to the eighth Valkyrie, it took me one try to kill them. Yeah, I mean, well, didn't you have at least ba- uh, higher armor though? Oh yeah, by that yeah, by that point too, I had like yeah the majority of the Valkyrie armor, and I had been upgrading stuff. So I mean, th- but like we were talking about before the start, is like I really don't feel like the gear, like you running around in like full tiers set. I don't think like the stats really make a huge difference, or it doesn't feel like that. The only thing I notice, I, the only thing I do notice with the Valkyrie armor is that it gives me a lot of cooldown, and so I'm able to kind of spam those uh, the runic moves more. And if you yeah. pick the right ones, like, it... Yeah, yeah, it that part makes a big difference in, in terms of, like, getting through large groups, but for the Valkyries, I don't know. I, like like well, Joel so said... It, it's, it's a sort of... Uh, it's a time game. What I was saying beforehand is that having the additional defense or having slightly higher attack is going to make a difference it may not be dramatic but if you're talking about your skill level you know like let's say your skill cap is slightly below what it takes to fight a valkyrie 
at that point, then the armor that you're wearing does matter. Because if your skill cap says, I'm not going to be able to dodge the maybe 70% of her moves that I need to to be able to survive this this fight and, and have the damage output to kill her, then if you have armor that buffs you by you know maybe 15% defense or True. attack at that point, then you have a shorter window that you have to be good at the game to be able to get through the fights. That's true, and I, yeah. And, and the I'm, same goes I, for, the, for the attack, because the longer that fight drags out, the more time you have to be on it with the dodges and blocks. And Yeah. Eventually it gets pretty tough with the Valkyries, like on some of their moves, when to do the dodge and when to block. And some of yeah. them have some very quick flowing attacks that like you really can't tell if like oh are they going for the one that i can block or the one that i can dodge or like it's they are i don't know they were enjoyable but yeah i i, well, I can see that i i think that these are all pretty small issues though relatively speaking i, I think that the since the combat is so central to the experience of god of war it's it's easy to you know after having spent so much time doing it to have a couple of nitpicks, but I, I think that on the whole it it feels really good. You can flow in between moves and even between the weapon sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it even before you know you pick up the change of Olympics again as as part of the story, then you are able to pretty smoothly transition between the axe and just general hand to hand combat. And I think the general hand-to-hand combat even feels really good. I actually, for a large portion of the final fight with Balder, used the hand-to-hand combat in the third phase when he's switching back and forth between the oh, two the different elements. phases. Yeah, you know, it was it was a little bit slower go- going, but I had kind of gotten a, a sense for his rhythm after I died a couple of times, and I I felt pretty comfortable just using hand-to-hand combat towards the end i got tired of the the grind in a sense there and so i switched back to the weapons and switching back and forth between the two of them and uh, that went okay but i i think that that on the whole it's, it feels really good i you know i know that we we joked a little bit about how silly it was like when you would maybe throw the axe and then accidentally do the wrong button press and then do a forward attack where, where you'll auto recall the axe and then you know, attack whatever's in front of you. And I actually did that several times. In fact, I died when Atreus is in his, you know, moody teenager mode after he finds out he's a god. I love that, um, that, he, that we that we experienced teenage angst for a god <laughs> in this game for a little while. <laughs> that was good. But, yeah. At, so at, when he first goes in and you're climbing back up the mountain again, and he's he's like, we can take this, uh, this rock monster or whatever those guys are called. I don't remember what they are. The elementals. Uh... Oh. oh, the soul eaters. But the ancients. Yeah, yeah ancients, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so so he fights the frost ancient, and I died like three or four times, uh, partly because I kept accidentally doing my, my charge, because the way that I tend to fight those guys is I'll charge up my throw for the, uh, the R2 throw, and then I'll throw it down and then recall it. And I kept accidentally throwing it and then tapping R2 again and then doing like a front forward slam and then getting hit by an ice beam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that that uh, that that's, definitely does happen. That's awesome, man. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, you know, I think what you were saying with like the hand-to-hand combat with Balder, though, I think there's just something extremely rewarding about fighting him bare-fisted. Sure, Like. Yeah. No, dude, I don't need this axe. 
it's just extremely visceral. It's I mean, it just it feels really gratifying. Yeah, you know, it if, does. If it's if you've got an anger problem, this is the game for you. <laughs> it's, I'm it's, sure, I can't wait. I'm sure there's gonna be playthroughs of people doing like pure like barefisted combat throughout like the entire game and stuff like that. Because I don't oh, think there's sure. any. Oh, area there already where you, is. Is there? Oh yeah, I, I've oh. seen some. I'm like, man, really good grief. Like a like a full gameplay of just barehanded combat. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure people would be interested. I, I just you know the thing about it is though that I think that some of the challenges as far as the combat is concerned, especially if you know you were to make the jump to the highest difficulty instead of having the hard difficulty that we've been on. I mean, it, the the way that they term the hard difficulties is give me a challenge, and I think that we would all agree that it's. <laughs> It's been a challenge. Yeah. But but I, I just don't know that it would be rewarding to go any higher level, really, like to, to fight the more intelligent oh, AI man. even. I think I wanna... it would be I would be probably more on uh being on cue with each of the their moves. You like you would basically have memorized all of the enemies' moves and just be dodging them all and then taking the time to hit them at the same at the at the cued point. Sure. Yeah, I don't I th- know. I, I'm kind of with Joel. I don't know if it would be... I don't know. It would be rewarding, but for me, it's like... It's not so much as like like the dodging and stuff. Yeah, you've got to be on that, but you, you're you going to spend so much more time dodging and playing it safe throughout the whole game that it's just like every encounter is going to take so long. Well, potentially. I, mean, sure. I don't know. Similar, I haven't cranked it up yet, but... It would be similar to uh, Dark Souls runs uh, going yeah. through... Uh, well, I I actually disagree because the thing about Dark Souls is that you, as you mechanically learn the combat and upgrade your equipment, you have the opportunity to fight these creatures in a space that is more or less controlled. So, like, you can go back and you can fight enemies that are in a particular area again because they respawn. And so you have the opportunity to buff yourself. In God of War, that's not really the case. Since the emphasis is on linear storytelling or sort of wide linear storytelling, you tend to be funneled in a particular direction. So if I say, I really don't have the armor or the equipment or the skills or whatever to, to effectively fight somebody, you have to continue. You have to, you, you have to kind of always be in a state of, of struggle to be able to get better. There's no, like, I can go and I can grind in this area and then I'll be able to to wipe the floor with the enemies in an upcoming area. The likelihood, especially at least on the hard difficulty, is that you're you're going to you're going to have a hard time that you're going to face encounters that you that will test you no matter what you do. So it's it just becomes necessary for you to be able to 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 get to struggle to struggle less. You have to grind more, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but okay. Grind, grinding itself is 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 hard to do because it's not like an RPG where you could go back in and you could say, "Oh, well, I'm gonna you know fight." <laughs> I don't know. Like in 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 Pokemon, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but when I was younger, sometimes I would be like, "I want to be super high powered to fight the boss," and you know, I'd maybe like grind against level three Pidgeys with my my Charmander until I was level twenty or something ridiculous. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was I was running into Brock's gym with like a Charmeleon and a fully souped up team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of defeats Ac- the purpose, but. <laughs> well, actually, as an aside, I should say that once I in uh, 
Pokemon Gold, I traded my friend my starter Pokemon for a I think it's a Wishmer. It's it's a normal normal type Pokemon. It's like sound based, and it had it had evolved like all the way. It was like level twenty two or something, and I was fighting these level like six or seven uh, ground Pokemon or something to that effect, and I I kept I kept dying because it had grown so fast that it wouldn't listen to me. Oh my! So God. I. I I would have to like basically try to RNG my way through the battle. Like, would it use its attacks that actually killed the enemies? I don't know. Will it struggle and hurt itself? Probably. You know. So, like, <laughs> what was the reason that you would trade a starter for a normal type Pokemon? That is funny. I don't know. It was. It was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, "Sure, I'll do that. Why not? Let's." Oh let's my give gosh! A shot. Level twenty-two. Whoa! Yeah, and and it, <laughs> it really didn't work. So I, I remember I, I restarted that game, but. I guess my point in bringing that up is that in in games like that, I, I mean, I tend to be the person who does that. I'll Goes be like, out if I find grinds it out before you, if you can't yep. do it, yeah, yep, yep. So like, if I find an encounter that's too hard for me, I'll grind really hard, and then like, it may even be an optional encounter. Like, I may be coming across an optional encounter that they expect you to do after you've completed half of the story, and I may be in the first you know like five hours of game and say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna grind my way up an extra eight levels or whatever it takes to, to be able to fight this thing you know, reasonably well. And, and I also tend to be the sort of person who will take advantage of exploits in games if they're available. Like, I, I won't necessarily go out of my way to make things better for myself. Like, I won't, you know, enter cheats or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, a, a good example is I played Persona 5 recently, and in Persona 5, as you get later into the game, you can go into an area called Mementos, and if you stay in Mementos for too long, then uh, Death, who is the most powerful enemy in the game, will show up. But the thing about it is is that if you go on certain days of the year where it's flu season, quote-unquote, uh, what will occasionally happen is when you encounter Death as a enemy... He will be in despair, which means that he won't attack you, and after five turns he'll die. Or you know, if not five turns, you know, <laughs> Wait, a couple. What? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's 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 kind of silly. But, you know, the the whole thing is that like it can afflict other enemies too, like just lower level enemies, uh-huh. which is kind of nice if you're grinding in that area. But it actually makes him the best source of experience in the entire game because what you can do is you can kill him and get like I don't know. It's like 70,000 experience or something. So your your whole team might level up four or five times after he dies. And it's supposed to be a really tough encounter. And I've actually even you know fought him and killed him like the hard way. But the thing about it is, is that you can kind of cheese him in that way. And then you can go to the next floor and he may show up again. And you have to wait and then do this a couple of different times during that day. And you may max level or get very close to max level on your entire team way way before you need to be doing any of the end game content so like i I did that and i also did there was a bug in fallout 4 when fallout 4 came out where what you could do is you could buy the stock of the uh, tradespeople's um ammo like a particular piece of ammo you could buy all of it uh-huh. and then you could sell all uh, and then you could sell all of that ammo type back to them except for one and then you would have one in your inventory and you would glitch out so that you always had 
the ammo to sell in your inventory. So you could basically tell it to sell the the uh, the tradesperson like a a billion of of one, any particular type of ammo. And so not only would you be able to clear out their entire inventory because it's a barter system, you could get all of their resources, all of their guns, all of their armor, all that stuff. But it would be at the point where not only had you gotten all of their stuff they would owe you money at the end of the transaction <laughs> because you were you know quote unquote selling them th this much much ammo and and in that game uh, it actually really really helped with the grind because you didn't become overpowered it just it eliminated a lot of the stupid you know collectathon content that was in that game where you would mm. pick up like a toaster oven and a couple of tin cups and a microscope you know all this junk that you didn't really need to carry around and there, there's an actual encumbrance level in that game, and so you would have to watch what you were picking up. So it was, it got to be really tedious. And you know, I guess my point in all this, as long-winded as it's been, is just that that in games like that where you have the capacity to sort of play the difficulty level in the way that you want to, I tend to be the sort of the person who takes advantage of that. And God of War, for better or for worse, takes that away from you to a degree. Because you can do side quests and you can do other content, but it's probably not going to buff you at the same level or at the same rate with important items as just going through the main story wall. Because like that's how you get axe upgrades. That's that's how you get uh, new arrow types. That that's was a lot yeah. of important content. Yeah, that was kind of how I could tell when I needed to continue the story. Was like I would go out and go to like the lake of nine and just roll around everywhere that i could go there and then at a certain point i would hit i would hit like two or three chunks of of areas where it was like like three or like opening like or like trying to close a realm tear and like three enemies with skulls on them pop out and just one shot you and you're like oh well screw that island and you go to like another one and the same thing happens you're like well i guess it's time to go back to the main story and get better <laughs> And get like yeah. get better weapons and gear, so yeah, I can kind of see that where it's like it. There's a lot of side content, but it is still all pushing you in one direction, at, like no matter what. Yeah, very much so. So, one of okay, so I, I wanted to say this one too because I, I, I have a I have a very few nitpicking things that I I didn't like. Uh, okay. One thing was a mechanic. I did not like the the uh, like climbing and jumping mechanic what? well actually most mostly the climbing mechanic why did well, you okay like that? there's really there's i there was just like nothing to it there was no like timing your jumps right thing or anything like that and and the other thing that really bothered me was like there's no if you're going down there's no fast way you can't just drop if it's if it's alleged that you could clearly just drop from or like like if it's alleged with the chain and you and you're going down the chain. It's it's still kind of fast to go just go down the chain, but you can't just like drop off of it. You know what I sure. mean? And I didn't well, like that that much. It's in, it's inconsistent because there are some places that you can just run off of. That's but true. Then yeah. There there are other areas where you think, well, you know, Kratos literally fell from the sky and then landed on the Temple of Tear. You know, like <laughs> when there's this oh, that was dragon amazing. confrontation. And and you're like I can't drop down a ledge that I just climbed up like three four yeah. feet. You yeah, know? you you literally jumped off the highest point of the world, rode a dragon, and then went went in for like a 
like a crash landing to Tyr's temple, got up and then sprinted and then flew through hell and landed <laughs> there. <laughs> like one of the lo- longest, most awful falls ever. You literally fell into hell and then through half of it like and and yeah and yet i can't like just quickly even though i have atreus on my back like i thought maybe that's why i don't know it that was one thing i the climbing mechanic just seemed like it was there there wasn't really you know well you know so so having played the entirety of the god of war series except for ascension I would say that it's actually still pretty close to the way that climbing was was used in the older games. Yeah, I personally uh, was not a huge fan of of uh, the button press indicated jumps, like where you would have to oh. get the angle correct. Yeah, because like I, I think a good good comparison would be if you think about Uncharted. Uncharted has indicated areas where you climb, much in the same way that that Kratos climbs. It's a little bit more freeform, so you could maybe go through an area slightly differently, whereas it's very linear for Kratos. Um, the the one thing about the way that the button prompts worked is that even if your camera was faced away from the direction of trying to leap across something, as long as Nathan is reaching, then then you can go. So like the thing about it is is that you have to get the camera just right. So it's kind of like the difference between precision and zoning because if I have to make a very precise button input while I am facing that, that specific direction, that I think is a little bit less satisfying because it's so fiddly than it would be if I'm just generally in, in the right direction and then I know that I can jump and so I do. Yeah. I think, I think that's with, uh, with, with, uh, God of War. Yeah. You do have to, use the camera and say, oh, okay, now you can press circle to jump. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not that bad. I mean, again, I think all these things are pretty nitpicky because the combat's, combat's really satisfying. I think the loot collection is really satisfying because at, yes. at, the, at the very least for the first half of the game, I mean, maybe a little bit less so towards the second half, um, and when you have armor and weapons that, that you like and everything's upgraded, it feels really rewarding to go out and do that additional extra exploring because... You need the materials, and you need oftentimes the better armor that side quests provide. Oh yeah, yeah there, there's not an abundance of. There's only like I can only really think of like one material that I have in total excess, and that's the Aegir's gold. Yep, that's true. the only one. Everything else, like I'm, I still have hack silver issues. Like I'm trying to upgrade the Valkyrie armor is like. 330,000 hack silver in total for the last upgrade. It's like, oh, uh, that's going to be a while. <laughs> and it yeah. also takes, like, Muselfine material and Niflheim material and all this other stuff. And it's just like, yeah. So, and there's also that, like, oh, maybe I'll get a piece of gear or maybe I'll get a new runic attack or maybe I'll get a Muselfine or Niflheim um, cipher if you haven't been there. Like, there was a, it was enjoyable with the loot. Yeah. I agree. And I have my, my last... Okay, I wanted to say this because I wanted to... I, I don't think this happened, but my last gripe, and I know... <laughs> I know that Joel had mentioned something about it. Um, when you get the Blades of Chaos and you return to Atreus and he wakes up, that kid doesn't say shit about those. <laughs> he doesn't mention yeah. them at all. And for as good as the dialogue had been throughout that whole game, he does eventually mention them, but it's not like you even use them. 
after, well, like yeah, in it, front of him, and he doesn't say anything. I was like, "You're not curious about these magical? Yeah, it, it's, it's really pretty brief. He's he's like, oh, <laughs> neat. Yeah, like you, nice one, Dad. Yeah, it was like you're not curious on how I'm transporting these, uh, this winds of hell, or what this is, or where I got these, or anything <laughs> at all. You're not yeah. curious at yeah. all. You have nothing to say here. No, really, no." <laughs> I was expect I like I was so hard because I was because re- I really loved all of the dialogue in this game so much I was really looking forward to his first reaction to seeing the blades and and asking me about it because I was like there's a really good point for him to ask about it and then Kratos to almost like on cue be weird and shifty about his Greek heritage and all this other stuff and it's like no he didn't say anything he didn't mention no. him and I I was just like what no nope. <laughs> you're not. Nothing. Nothing seems different about me, huh? Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. No. That, all right. Well, that was my last one, though. That. All right. Now that we're out of the way with the nitpicks, <laughs> let's let's dive into the excellence. Otherwise, of this game. Oh. Uh, start us out here, Andrew. Um. Graphics, probably number one for me is just. It looked really, really good. It was really good. The whole, just the way that it was, it showcased uh, the different areas. The fog, especially, was a big plus for me. Like when you would go in on the lake and then there was just all foggy, that was something really good to watch. Well, I, I'm glad that it didn't take a whole lot to impress you. Holland's <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I've been looking for a good. Good rowboat on the fog game. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that was just one little thing, but the little the little touches though. I, I think I, I mentioned to you guys already. The best armor looking is Tears armor, and it's so meticulously detailed that I actually I I got the the great the gar- armor you know the top armor, and then I just went back to the other one when I would do exploring, just because it looks it looks so good. Yeah, it does look good. I mean, it's what I thought was neat about that, about the armor in general, is that the the texture work is really good. So there's a, a really p- pretty clear distinction between furs and metals, and, and the way that they like do the hair hair animations. Well, yeah, uh, you know, like I remember thinking so when good. when you first encounter the corpse of the giant, that that uh, his beard was blowing in the wind, and yes. it just looked really good yeah you know there there are a lot of really really impressive mechanical things about this game especially with the scale of the world building because my experience was that like i would go into a place and i think this is pretty cool but then as i would get it deeper into it i would still feel like i was in the same area because like and sometimes when you play a game it feels like you're in zones so like you'll you'll go from one zone to another zone without a grander sense of connected space and in God of War, you have a really strong sense for where you are and what you're doing. And it, it feels like, you know, if you look at something in the distance, it feels like you could go there. And in the bigger zones, sometimes that's the case. And and don't forget the uh, the world serpent. That thing was massive. Oh, yeah. I, I loved how the world serpent is this, like, kind, gentle giant basically like he's your friend sort of not not your friend he's he's kind of your ally in a sense sure like i love when um you're looking for mimir's other eye and they call the world serpent and he's just like yeah i think it's still my stomach you're welcome to go in and check like like that's just that's fine i guess (laughs) 
He's yeah. just cool with it. I mean, you guess he's well, not really doing any, literally anything else at any point in any day. He's just waiting. That's you know, that's his only I, job I, at this point is to wait. I really loved a lot of subtle things too. So like like when when you call back, you know, the world, world serpent has been a, a big part of the the game at this point in the storyline. So you 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 have. Uh, specifically thinking about when you go in his belly so you go in his belly and then you're like oh something's happened he's being attacked and then you get cast out of the world serpent and you have your final huge confrontation with Baldur and with Freya and the reanimated corpse of the oh. um, the stonemason I forget yeah. his name off the top of my head Thom, but, Thom something Thomir uh, Th- Thomer yeah Thom- Thomir something like that yeah yeah, so I thought that was so cool. I mean, that was just like I, I didn't even think about like going back to that location. I was like, oh sure, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then and then that he would be reanimated was was incredible, and I think it really spoke to the power of of uh, Freya as oh, 100%, a hundred percent character. Yeah. And then not only that, but like the the fact that that uh, they they keep leaving all these tidbits. Like, okay, so a big part of the game is is having Atreus read you runes. You collect additional ciphers so you can can uh, translate other languages. When it's revealed that he's a god, uh, Mimir says, you know what? You you do show some of the powers that we would expect of a god. Your faculty for language is incredible for someone of your age. And then, you, so he hears he hears Mimir talk to the world serpent twice, just twice. And <laughs> when it really matters, he, 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 he calls the world oh, serpent. Man. And I thought that was incredible. I thought that was really, really good. And and I cannot even believe that I, I'm saying this about a God of War game, having played all of the others, but the story in, in this God of War game vastly exceeds even the gameplay. Like, the gameplay mechanically was great. Yeah. But but the storyline, I would have played that storyline if the gameplay were utter garbage, you know, because, because I, th- I found it so compelling. I mean, they definitely complement each other. I think it would be <laughs> hard to imagine a game that you enjoy as much if the combat was just trash. But but <laughs> right. e- even if the combat were were trash, or like I guess maybe in a different world, like if we imagined that we were watching a like a TV series or a movie, you know, something like that, where where you're watching the storyline of of this God of War, I think that it would be extremely compelling, even if there were no gameplay involved. Oh no! Yeah, yeah I thought it was good. Oh man, that go back, that's that moment with the world serpent when he calls him. That was amazing. That was one of the most epic moments. And that thing, I mean, that world serpent moved like a freaking jet through the air and just um, nailed the giant. That was amazing. Oh yeah. oh that yeah. was one of the most satisfying moments for me was was that. Especially like that whole fight was extremely satisfying for like the prowess of Atreus. Like the ending part where you're where it's it's like Kratos doing like one attack and then you hit square oh, yeah. and Atreus just kinda like jumps oh, yeah. in and like kicks him in the face or it's like they're like a tag team fight. Oh yeah. I that loved was it. fantastic. I thought it was so good. The, and that, Balder is a great villain. Yes. Like really good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, let's see, what else? Um, I like the, the combat was good, the mechanics of the whole, uh, it was just smooth and, and liquid that mm-hmm. you could make, uh, yeah. the, I, com- the, I, like the Joel combos, said too. uh, like, 
right R one R one R two, and it's just yeah, that was that was a good move. Yeah, I kind of transitioned from like the very beginning of the game. I was doing like all heavy attacks, and then by the well, I'd say about like a third of the way through the game, it was like purely light attacks for me, almost. Oh no, I I mix. I it like up. the very I think, between the two. I think when I got to. Uh, not Niflheim, but um, what was the other one? Muselheim. Muselheim, yeah. Muselheim. I think that's where I kind of honed in my uh, the ability to work on my combos and stuff. That really got me to like, oh man, the the combos do a big part in damage wise. Yeah, for sure. And I actually like the RPG elements of it. You know, it's it's really easy to kind of screw that up and have a lot of grindiness to. Uh, maybe making armor or uh, developing systems that that just don't feel that good uh, but i think that this this is light enough that it works and also still deep enough that it feels rewarding i actually wanted because, to go back to the the anvil because i wanted to hear what brock or cindy had to say their dialogue was good oh i i agree uh, oh, it's yeah. uh it, it's it's a lot of fun to go back and and, and talk to Brock and Sindri and it really honestly did warm my heart to be able to bring them back together through the course of the game like I, I like that a lot <laughs> I oh, like yeah, redemption no. stories no when uh when Atreus is in his little moody phase and he's and he's uh he's a douche to Sindri I that just broke my heart I was like oh I was like, oh, no, don't be mean to him. Come he's... on, man. And then, yeah, like the scene where the, when when they first come back together and he's smiling, I was like, apologize. You need to apologize right now. <laughs> <laughs> he does, he does, and he doesn't do it then either. He does it like the next time. But yeah, every time I would go back and I would see like Brock, and, Brock or Sindri and they had that second little dot over by him where you could oh, see yeah. the note or something else. I was just ran over there. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what they're going to say. Yep, exactly. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I mean, you well, you guys know like I when I play games, 9 times out of 10 I've got something else on in the background and I'm really not paying attention to the story of the game or yeah. whatever it is cuz it I just don't care. This one was a complete 180 from that. Like I I loved every bit of the story and like all of the little bits of dialogue with um but it once once you get Mimir it gets a lot better. But like all of the little stories in the boat that Mimir has to tell you, it's just like all I of those were the, fun. The the number of that, like the it was like there was like almost never an absence of some sort of little piece of content. Like I I felt I would, I would like travel somewhere and be like, dang, there's another story he has to tell me, or like I'd be in the boat again and be like, oh awesome, and, you know something else to learn. You know, it just felt so rich. I mean, I just don't think. I don't think I've played a game where it, it feels constantly like you're involved with the characters in some way or another. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but like sometimes I'll play a game and, uh, you know, like, so Andrew and I have been playing uh, Nino Kuni. Yeah. And Nino Kuni is, is actually not a bad example. Like, I think they do a pretty good job of, uh, of like when you go into a town and you talk to people, if you come back later, then they'll have something new to say. But my, my issue is just kind of that the experience of interacting with characters is like once they've said what they're going to say, they're just little automatons. You know, they, they say the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You, and, and I never really felt like any of those characters that you're interacting with are video game characters in a sense. 
you know, so so like sure, Brock or Sindri would have the same or similar sorts of things to say when you would go into the shop or whatever, but they would say new things and they had their own personalities. And, you know, you never met a character in the game ever who would who would have like triggerable dialogue that would repeat. Like, I, I think it was a really important thing from a design standpoint for them to say, you know, when you want to have a conversation with somebody, you're, you're going to trigger that conversation and that conversation happened once and maybe you can build on it later, but you're never going to hear that same conversation again. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I did like that. I, I want Mimir's voice actor to do like a whole audiobook of uh, the Norse mythology. I'd buy that. <laughs> I, I think that's basically what they did for all of his boat dialogue is like, Here's like every bit of like Norse mythology that we could find. Um, you're just gonna voice over this and add like a personal twist to it. No, it was oh my it was yeah. super well done. Yeah, he I, he was I, one of my favorite characters. I think like like out of um, like out of Freya, Sindri, Brock, and Mimir for I guess what would you consider them like like supporting characters? Supporting characters. Yeah, man, I I would say Frey is easily at the bottom for me, just because <laughs> the other ones were okay. so not well, not like like easily at the bottom, but like I don't know, she she's good, but she's not well, nearly so they, as interesting are... to talk to as the rest of them. Sure, they're they're all important in their own ways, but the thing oh, yeah. about it is, is that you're you're gonna have way more uh, a way more rich experience talking to the dwarves or to. Uh, Mimir, because Mimir is attached at the hip to you, literally, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to like occasionally having dialogue with the dwarves, or even more infrequently having conversations with with uh, Freya. And actually, though, I will say that that given the limited number of interactions that you have with Freya, there's a lot of very strong characterization for her. Even That's though, true. I mean, you know, she she's only has these conversations with you once every couple of hours in in the main storyline. That's true. That could also that that's true. That could be it. You really have a lot more dialogue with with all three of the other ones way more than you do her. Yeah, you do. And the moment the moment when you're actually legitimately going to Jotunheim, and Mimir's like a word for a second. Why don't you leave me here? You and the boy should do this together. It was just like, could I like this guy any more at all? <laughs> like, God, that's so respectful. It's just, I don't know, he's, he's just fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's a really good character. And what I think about him is, is really nice is because sometimes you, you'll meet characters in games and you think, you know, this character is interesting, like this character is smart but maybe not also kind or maybe smart but not wise. Yeah. And I think Mimir is really interesting because, I mean, maybe he's got a little bit of roguishness to him, but he seems like he's like honestly a good person being punished for something that he did not deserve, in a, in the same way as as like uh, you know you, you think of in in Greek mythology, um, what's the character that that's uh, tied to the rock to have his liver eaten by an eagle every oh, day? Oh crap! Who, who brought who brought who brought fire to to men? Oh, not Atlas. Uh, no, you're, you're right. It's not Prometheus. I think that's right. Yeah, so, that sounds right. So, so. Let, let me I'll check real quick just to be sure here but I I'm pretty sure like like a good example is that you you killed Prometheus I'm pretty sure in 
in uh, God of War. <laughs> you know, probably. Like, yeah, you. He killed a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, he just. Oh, what was it? You kill. Um, you he decimated kill... a ton Crap. of well, yeah. gods. Well, who's the one? Who's the one? It's the story of like the wax wings flying too high to the sky and then falls back to earth. Uh, that's oh, that's Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. You you, yeah. you like I love that in the other game like um you go in there and the dad's like please save my son and then you end up killing him and taking his wings. Yeah, and then because <laughs> just your like double jump. screw yeah. you, old man. Yeah. Well, it, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I, 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 uh, I think that both the character design, like I, I was actually looking at, at images of, of Kratos, and we were talking about that a little bit before uh. we started, but but I think that Kratos looks a lot. I, I don't know. I was I was saying earlier, I'm not sure that douchey is quite the right word, but but sort of an angsty sort of like teen anger sort of look to him. And he's got yeah. the very prominent scar across his eye, and he's got the you know kind of kind of cheesy uh, chin beard. And he's he's sort of built top heavy, like it looks like he maybe skipped leg day, um, you know. Yeah, so yeah, so I he didn't I think skip that, leg that, day in this one. <laughs> I don't think he skipped any workout day in this game. No, but but uh, I I think that, that he's he's a much Kratos is a much more nuanced character, and it does a lot for him. Like I, I Sandal. You you played the third game, correct? That's what you said earlier. Yeah, I've played the third game. Okay, yeah. So, so I, I've I've played uh, God of War one, two, and three. Uh, God of War: Ghost of Sparta and God of War: Chains of Olympus, or I think that's what that one's called. I don't remember exactly. There are two two games on PSP. Yeah. And so I, I played a lot of the games, and I actually think that that Kratos's story is the strongest as it begins. You know, he's he's fighting Ares and and in the act of vengeance and then he becomes the god of war and then after that when he decides to take down olympus where you have the storyline of two and three sort of be they're pretty significantly tied into each other i think two is actually a better game just more enjoyable gameplay on the whole um i think that that three is, its story is is uh, a little bit weaker and some of its set pieces are not as enjoyable as they are in two but my point in, in all that is just that that uh kratos he sort of transitions from being motivated by vengeance to being just absolutely monstrous. You know, they're, they're not nearly as nuanced as they, they are, or they were not, you know, as nuanced as they are now, where Kratos has some different motivations and he shows a little bit of restraint, you know, yeah. because it got to the, the point where it's like, how can you still be so angry? You know, you, achie- <laughs> right? you, achieved, your go- you achieved your goal and you killed Ares and that should temper you a little bit, you would think, but it did not. Like it just escalated, and he he just he destroys everyone, and with just absolute viciousness, and kind of a gratuitousness to the violence that I think is sort of like a kind of an edgy sort of thing, as opposed to being feeling kind of like it's earned. You know, the new God of War is still really violent. There's still a lot of really like intense physical violence. Especially like you know, we're all saying it's really kind of cathartic, maybe to to see him you know beat the crap out of of Balder, but but like that that sort of earned moment where it feels like you deserve the opportunity to to beat the face off of Balder mm-hmm. is like every other set piece in the earlier God of War, you know, like like you would tear off when you fight Hermes. I'm pretty sure you like tear off his legs and then beat him to death with them. Like I mean. It's just too much. It's yeah, just, you know. yeah. No, when you, I remember that fight. 
because you do you like cut his legs off one by one and you're like in between them you're letting him like crawl away from you it's like it's really it's it's pretty sick and and yes, they like it's extremely sadistic. violently yeah. like this game still had some aspects of that violence but like you said it was way more tempered and it wasn't ra- it wasn't purely rage filled i mean once you're in combat you get a sense of like he's kind of letting the rage build up a little bit and i mean it liter there is liter a literal gauge for it but <laughs> that's right yeah um yeah i don't know even there is like a little gauge yeah even even the fight with balder though like um the last fight with balder the way you finish him off is really subtle and it's more like it was almost like like you you tried to reason with him first Oh yeah, which oh, was yeah. amazing. Where Kratos well, is like, and, this path you're going a... down, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out. You're not gonna find what you're looking for. And then to yeah, end, to that's end the him path with he's just walked. A, yeah. sna- a neck snap like that. It was like, you didn't gouge his eyes out. You didn't like crush his skull in or something like that. It was, it was almost like that. That kill was almost painful to Kratos because he knew what he was doing to Freya, who has saved his son. And he can't let her die, and it's just sure. like and there, there's a great callback there too because because when Atreus kills Modi after he's gotten all big headed about being a god, you know, Kratos uh, Kratos says enough, he is beaten. Yeah, and and he kills him all the same, and then and then Atreus turns around and says enough, he is beaten, um, and 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 Kratos listens and he he gives him a chance to walk away, which he was not given. You know, he he wasn't given the chance to address his issues in a way that was not violent. You know, he Kratos is an example of a character who perpetuated a cycle and is now choosing, as he, you know, explicitly states, to be better, you know, to break that cycle of of violence. Yeah, it was I don't know. Playing this game is like and I mean, and like you said, I'm only coming from the third game, but I mean, it, it's like a night and day version of Kratos, and this version is just leagues better than the previous games have him out to be. I mean, there's so much more depth to like the reason that they're doing everything, and it's like, and it's so funny too that the whole goal of this story is literally to scatter some ashes from the top of a mountain. It, yeah. it is apparently that hard <laughs> to you have to travel between like eight different realms collecting odds and ends to get to where you need to be to do this one thing <laughs> and then that ending though oh my gosh yeah yeah I, I think let's let's talk about the the ending to the story and then potential DLC and then uh, move, maybe move on to Avengers I'm I'm down for that so. <laughs> I, okay, so I was the first one to get to the ending. I muted myself. We were, uh, Joel, you, me, and my friend Jeremy, we were all in chat, and I, at the whole yep. time I was in there, I had myself muted, because I was like, I cannot let Joel hear any of this. This is too <laughs> good. I cannot spoil this for him. Like, yeah. like, the whole Loki thing, I was just sitting there like, God dang it, that's going to be a hard one to not talk to anyone about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, how how did you feel about that, Andrew? It was good. The Loki I, it reveal. was a uh, it was a good ending. I, I that's all I can say. I mean, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was extremely moving. I I, uh, I we'll see how the the actual Loki bit plays out. I kind of liked Atreus just being his own character mm-hmm. uh, that that was maybe new and involved in the lore as opposed to 
there being a callback to the broader lore. But there's, you know, I, the, the, I think the thing is that that they have bottom line done such a really good, interesting, respectful job of looking at the mythology and taking the parts of it that, that they want to use, and still, you know, maybe giving you tidbits of the rest, but letting the, letting the rest just be as it is without overloading you. You know, I think them choosing to make him Loki, well, maybe is is kind of weird with our like preconceptions of who Loki is either from having read some North mythology or from like, you know, the perfect tie-in to the Avengers, you know, our experience yeah. with him in the Marvel universe. So, I mean, my feelings were maybe just a tiny bit mixed, but not significantly, you know, because I, 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 I still think that they're going to be able to make something really interesting out of the story going forward. Yeah, well, I, I mean, was kind of, oh, yeah, I ahead. think that, no, no, you're fine. It was just that we do, I mean, especially now, the big thing is Marvel having Loki and everyone knows Loki because of of the personification of by, you know, Tom Hilton playing him. But the the story was that Loki was born of the of the giants. So it does it, it is a good uh, a good plot device for the for this game and I I kind of liked it the way they the route they took with it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're 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 combining their their story to right. Plus, like with... the the Loki that we're familiar with from Marvel. I mean, all of the Norse mythology that we're familiar with from Marvel is so far different from what we're seeing in this game. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are yeah, all terrible, sure. terrible. Like, Odin is not some nice, comfortable, strong old man. He is like, <laughs> he tortures people, and he's just terrible. He's conquering yeah, everything. It's like, and Thor's over dick. here killing and beating his sons to death, and then like <laughs> stranding him somewhere. It's like, it's pretty aw- They're pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, Thor is dangerous and drunken and and a huge cause for for grief and suffering. He wiped and- out the giant race. <laughs> I think that, that he's been really well built up as as uh, you oh know, yeah in, in, oh no in, I can't wait the, to fight him in the next games it's gonna be great yeah. or that, possible I, mean, I don't know maybe that's DLC I don't know oh, if they're that, gonna go that, for a whole new game for the rest of the I, I doubt it here here's my thought I think that if they do DLC if they do any DLC we'll probably see the two additional realms open up or maybe just one of them. Yeah. Uh, so you you would maybe go and have DLC content in those realms, but I don't think you know you'll you'll probably have some other big set piece that's associated with that. But I I just don't think that it's likely that that it would be a confrontation with with Thor. I think right. confrontations with Thor and ultimately with Odin are are likely going to be content that we see in later games because or late a later game. I think that. That it's it's most likely that we'll see one more game in the Norse mythology, like one more full game, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of DLC set in the same map, same characters, maybe a, a new god or something or another to be your antagonist for the DLC or something. Um, I, but, I don't uh, I don't know. I think I, yeah, there is two two realms, Asgard and uh, what was the other one? Or, so no, maybe no there's three. three. There's Vanaheim, Svartalfheim, and Asgard. I don't think Asgard is gonna be. Asgard is, I, I think, for sure, endgame for, like, another game. Yeah, you, I, think I don't think you can just Asgard's... go to Asgard and not have to confront Thor or Odin. Yeah, I think Svartalheim is a good good bet, you know, going yeah. to do some, some, some big long plot line with the dwarves in yeah. some, some way or another. Um, 
but I don't I don't know that. I mean, that, uh, this game took five hours or five hours, five years to make. So this, it's it's not going to be. I don't think. Yeah, there probably is going to be a potential of another God of War two, but I it's more sure bet for like a DLC of those opening up those realms. I think. Um, Here's the thing, though. I don't think that you could. That the content is so important when you're talking about confrontations with like Thor and with Odin and spending time in Asgard that I just don't think that it works outside of the context of a true like full story edition that you would get in a second game I just don't think it works I I don't know they did it with uh, Uncharted did it with The Lost Legacy um uh, well so The Lost Legacy was it's own standalone game though it, true but it uh well, I guess yeah, it is. It is true, but I got it with the deluxe edition of the Uncharted Four. But I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. I guess you could. I, I guess you could say. Hmm. I mean, it's no. I mean, seriously though, they 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 spent a separate amount of development time. That's that's like a that's like Uncharted Light the game. It's it's not like DLC where we're in the same world with the the well not same world but like same gameplay world that you would have like your direct translation from having just finished a game say like as nathan drake and then nathan drake goes on an additional adventure i mean you spending time with uh with nadine and with um chloe is a whole different thing i mean you play as chloe's the main character you know you've got your own separate storyline you don't you mean see a couple of oddball characters from the old content but it's mostly new it's its own you know 20 hour campaign or whatever and 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 if they were to do something like that then it would be like a whole nother god of war game separately it's it's not dlc to uncharted 4 okay yeah um it probably would be that way they probably they they probably have that already planned and they are making it and that's probably what they're going to do it's going to be a smaller separate game it won't probably i could probably won't be a full game I don't. I could see it going either way, where they just have a second full game planned, and they have some DLC where maybe you go to Svartalfheim and have like um, a cool adventure with the dwarves. I want an actual second game out of this, though. I don't want this to be a fairly large DLC to finish up to wrap up this story. Like I, I want well, that second game. Oh, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I think there's too much there. Yeah, like, there's, there's too much for a DLC campaign. There is a lot. Well, and think too, uh, what was it? So the Asgardian, the Aesir, were having this big battle with the Vanir, and uh, Freya is a Vanir, right? Yes. And I'm assuming that is what Vanaheim is. So we have had zero interaction with any Vanir besides Freya. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious. I don't they know They didn't for die sure. out. I don't think the Aesir won that war. They they tied peace. No, they didn't because they tied peace with uh, the marriage of Freya to Odin, and then Odin made Freya look like um, some sort of traitor or something. But uh-huh. Vanir still the Vanir still exist. Okay, I double checked because I, I just don't know uh, quite enough about Norse mythology to be sure. But uh, in Norse mythology, Vanaheim, which is Old Norse for home of the Vanir. Is one of the nine worlds uh, of uh, 
it's one of the nine nine worlds to so the total that we have. Yeah. And home the Vanir are a group of gods associated with fertility, wisdom, wisdom, and the ability to see the future. So so yeah, so like they're they're like a third party in this huge conflict between them and, and the the giants. You know, so Jotunheim being the home of the giants, mm-hmm. and then Vanaheim being the home of the Vanir, who are the main opponents of the of the Aesir. Yeah. So like we haven't seen I don't know. Like Joel said, there's so much to unpack there with DLC that if if they're gonna if if they're gonna continue delivering at least close to, if not better, or directly on the same level of storytelling and dialogue, a, a one or two DLC to me, like it, it's just it's too much. Like we have no interaction with any Vanir, and there's got to be a ton of stuff to be to be said there and to be done there. Yeah, and, and and there's got and we've got we for sure have um, Odin and Thor to go through. Um, I don't really know any of the other like major players in Norse mythology though. Honestly, like I didn't even know about Balder. I thought when Balder first showed up, he was I was like, oh, that's probably Loki, because that's just like all I knew. <laughs> yeah. So I it, yeah I don't know. There's so, there's a lot so... to go through. I think the bottom line here, Andrew, is that uh, if if your idea is Balder, uh, what Sandal and I just did is a Kratos Atreus tag team that <laughs> destroyed your idea. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I just I could see them. It, they could do it in a DLC. I just think it would be bad, and I don't want it to happen. <laughs> but I could. I mean, you could do it. Or you know? I mean. I, well, they probably could not do it all at all. <laughs> I mean, it, it they just don't have. Oh no! Please no. I don't know. <laughs> no, they. There's no way this game was way too well received for them to not be like, uh, "You guys need to pump out another one of these." Like someone, someone get on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure it'll be successful enough for them to to start work on a sequel. And well, I really do hope hope that it it, uh, it turns out as well as as this this game did. And they even potentially set themselves up for another series after it with the Egyptian gods. Well, okay, and not even the Egyptians. Okay, so so I originally was thinking when when you're going through Tears Temple, the lower part, I was saying, oh well, hey, yeah, they they've got this little bit of Egyptian mythology that they've referenced here. Yeah, that's not all. So when you see the panel, the one that is revealed by Mimir's eye. Yes, where it's got the Greek, Norse, Egyptian, and then the lower left corner. I didn't know what that was. So, so no, there is no Norse. Uh, well, I guess technically the main thing is Norse, the, the main part of the panel. So on the right, there's the Greek Omega for the, yeah. the god of war. Um, on the uh, left, uh, what was on the left? Is it the eye of Ra? Exactly. Or... Yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's the, the eye of Ra. So... Um, which I don't know is, is necessarily depicted as is Ra's the king of the gods, but I don't know if he's depicted. I might as I might have honestly war. like my my uh, Egyptian mythology is is basically what I've seen in the mummy, so <laughs> <laughs> that's where all my knowledge is coming from right now. Yeah, and then then the bottom in the bottom left, there's the. Um, I don't know what that that symbol is called. It makes me honestly think of uh, like Naruto, where there's the <laughs> the, the 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 what is it? The uh, Sharingan. The Sharingan. Uh, it's the Sharingan. Yeah. If this Sharingan <laughs> I was on there, I'd be like, oh, okay, no, this this series needs to end right now. 
<laughs> but but that, that that symbol actually is uh, Shinto. It's like a Shinto religious symbol. Oh, um, okay. So 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 there could could definitely be a uh, Kratos and Atreus in the the uh, Japanese pantheon, which I think would be oh really cool. Oh my god, too. that would be. So, oh my god, please, please <laughs> do that. I like as much as I think the Egyptian gods setting would be a way better fit please do that i just i want that so bad right now that would be so good and and uh the 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 other one the final one i actually had to well i actually uh looked up the other one because i recognized the symbol for the shinto one but i didn't know what it was from exactly Uh Um, like i i had a i had a feeling it was japanese but didn't know exactly what was going on the other one i had no idea i had maybe seen but but wasn't sure and that one is celtic so so there there may be some other uh, you know, like uh, Celt- Celtic uh, mythology that that they could potentially do. I think it's a little bit harder to distinguish uh, Celtic mythology maybe from Norse mythology. Yeah, so I was going to say, um, I have no idea what the difference is there. Leprechauns? But, but I think... I don't know. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> oh, I don't know, I don't oh know which boy. one. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I don't know which one. I might be right with that, okay? <laughs> do you, I Maybe. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So. So that that was really cool. I thought that that they were potentially introducing that as an option. And it, it, I was I was actually thinking. I was like, you know what? After I'm done with this, I need to finish Nino Kuni. But I also have to finish the most recent Assassin's Creed. And I was kind of thinking. I was like, you know what? Assassin's Creed Origins is like good for an Assassin's Creed game, or it's at least okay for an Assassin's Creed game, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but it is not. It is not good when you look at it in comparison to other games. Like especially, they had all this opportunity to do all this cool like mythology content, and they didn't do like anything with it. Uh, they did a really nice job in Assassin's Creed, making a very rich world and like making a lot of good references and history. And there's even DLC where you can do like a historical tour of Egypt. And that's all really cool. Like they did a good job recreating ancient Egypt, but the story just is boring. Like it's not that compelling. The characters aren't that compelling. And I'm I, at this point, I honestly think that the Assassin's Creed franchise could not create a compelling single-player story game if their lives depended on it. I think that just a uh, not to be. Brag for the Sony. I mean, of course they're going to say, "Yeah, we make really great games." Yeah, they do. And one, the, the their characters are probably more memorable than than other games. I mean, Halo. Yeah. Okay. Great. We have one. Re- just... It had a sad decline. Halo did back in the day, like when I was in high school. That was big, but it it died well, out. It still I, I wasn't. It still Halo wasn't games... uh, memorable though. I mean, it was well, like, I think, okay, yeah, I think sure, mechan- mechanically, really good mechanically oriented shooters. Mm-hmm. I thought the story was actually not bad. Um, if you think about yeah. at least Halo 1. I mean, I liked Halo 2 as well. I did not play a whole lot of Halo 3, but but that was just me. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the world that they were in was reasonably compelling. But, you know, what what else does Microsoft have to show them for them? For, for Forza. I mean, Forza, come on. Yeah, the rich storytelling presented in Forza. <laughs> They're like, you know what, guys, I've got a plan. We've got to make our existing franchises 
more story oriented, like Sony's. We're gonna take Forza and we're gonna cross it with Pixar's Cars, <laughs> and we're gonna create a whole new franchise, and it's gonna be great. In between races, you have to make sure your car's ego doesn't get too low. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. Well, oh, the other man. thing is, uh, like EA was like, didn't they have a, uh, like a press saying, "Oh, you know, we're we're done focusing on single player and campaigns. It's 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 gone." I'm like, Sony a couple weeks ago revived it totally with their with God of War. I I still think there's a a, a large market for for single player oriented games. I mean, it's not, not according be as easy to EA. As according to EA. Cash. They think it's trash and no longer needs to be relevant anymore. Really? Yes. I that's maybe. I feel like that. I feel like think. that purely depends on where you think. That's your what they said. Is. No, like, that's age wise because they did not. It, that's like, they did not feel that single player campaigns are worth uh, developing anymore. It's all about multiplayer. I'm like, mm, no. I don't know. Okay, so so that that may that may make sense for them financially. Because yeah. I mean, think about FIFA. You know, FIFA is like a huge cash cow for them. True. So, so from the cold, corporate-hearted perspective, it does not make sense to make story story-oriented games. Sony is a company like Microsoft, which is invested in its gaming image, or excuse me, not Microsoft, like in like Nintendo. Yeah. Is invested in it, its its image amongst gamers. And and I don't think that Microsoft is nearly as invested in that as as other groups are. And then sure, you're going to have variation in the big players, you know, in, uh, Ubisoft, uh, EA, you know. Uh, I mean, what's another Bethesda? Big, yeah, Bethesda. Um, you know, the, these these big publishers, they they may be not or like Rocksteady, like great example. Rocksteady puts out really great great games where people like the single player content but if you look at their timeline of of their game releases after they released all of the you know like just kind of stupid like i don't know online economy and the online gameplay half of of uh grand theft auto 5 grand theft auto 5 came out in like 2015 or something like that uh, 2014 i i want to say I mean, it's slightly older than that but yeah it's I'm, been a while I mean, but I guess the point point being is like they they stopped making out their output of individual games declined after they had the opportunity to pump out a bunch of multiplayer content and just continue to milk that particular cash cow. So, I, I think I think the bottom line is that that big companies, big standalone publishers, are going to be cold and heartless and try to make as much money as possible. And companies where you have a platform investment, like we want our platform to be well received in the eyes of gamers, then that's the sort of company that has the investment in in having smaller groups or indies or even big studios publish games that are seriously oriented towards improving that brand image. So really strong story oriented content with like uh, with kind uh, anything from Naughty Dog. Or content from, you know, like th- I mean, think about the new Insomniac game for Spider-Man coming up. Like that, that'll be great. I'm, I'm sure. You know, the I'm not so studios... sure about that Spider-Man game. It'll, it'll be something. I'm not. That's not like a first day release for me. I, I want to see how that actually is. But get out of town, Sable. 
I don't know, man. Any yeah. any super any superhero game is like I I'm gonna hold off for just this, a little it, bit and see how looks, this goes. It looks really like good. Rocksteady. Batman? It does look really good. I will give you that. It does look very good, but I have been fooled by advertising before. Okay. <laughs> All right. But I'm just saying. All right. Sony Sony here has has, I've I, I've said it many times when we were playing God of War. They've really been hitting it out of the ballpark with these games. Uh, yeah, they have. God, God of War, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Yo, great new IP. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that's another great, fantastic single-player game, too. Last of Us. I mean, they these games have really um, embraced their, not only gaming, but promoting a... And, instilling the tradition of hey single player games yeah and they also include uh i know last of us had multiplayer uh portion of it but they still insist that single player campaigns are are still here and welcome and i i i want to like to support that i think that's a good thing a good story game especially god of war man it was so good yeah it's it needs to be here it's so much yeah it's so much easier to like get home and relax with a with a good story driven single player game with like good mechanics with it too like this game because it's just you know yeah. you can pop in you can pause at any time you don't have to sit there and be like oh and that's form a raid group or whatever it may be or you know yeah. I, I think there's oh, something there. sure. that's why I was think, wondering about like the demographic like where they like where EA thinks their demographic is is it younger or is it more Older gamers like us, who kind of grew up when this was when all like Xbox, Xbox 360, all this other stuff was coming out, and now we're older. You know, people have kids and real jobs, and it's like they don't really have the time to invest in maybe a, a, a purely online multiplayer. Maybe they want to just invest <laughs> their time in the Destiny grind. In the Destiny grind. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's you know, God of War was good, but it's too bad it's really just no Destiny too. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day. Oh man. I you're joking, but it is no Destiny 2 and I think it was a it was a much better game for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God of War, the game that Destiny 2 should have been. No, it's I don't know. Oh, overall this is it was a fantastic game. I am very happy with it. I'm 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 still going to play it because I do want to test out some of the like fully upgrade some of the gear and like test it out and see how good it is but i the only thing i have to do is kill the last valkyrie which she's extremely hard but i have fun yeah no i i i probably fought her like five or six times and made it maybe an eighth of the way through her health at at the best so (laughs) i was like i i might want to wait for just a second and upgrade maybe just a little bit more maybe maybe play a little bit of that max min game for a second before i go back to her but yeah yeah well and and i i think that that's why dlc might be helpful for the game because Mm -hmm. uh you know it once once you do all of the main story mission since it's so strongly oriented towards that really good core story and then any of the auxiliary content that you're doing to enable your ability to do the main story when you're just when you just have something like that left with the valkyries 
it's a fun combat challenge, but at that point you just have to come to terms with the fact that you are upgrading armor and you are completing challenges f strictly for the experience of, of those challenges. It's not really to, to get you to some bigger bigger goal it's, yeah it's combat for combat's sake yeah yeah i yep. know that was the other i was like or i'm just gonna have to get really good to beat her um i had okay so just a uh, last little note from me on god of war i had a question for you guys because i i don't think that this was addressed in the game so when atreus gets sick you take him to freya's um and you drop him off at freya's you're heading in the boat back to your house and Kratos is in a super depressed mood or whatever it may be. Um, someone blows the horn to speak with the world serpent. Who was that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I don't either. I don't think it was Balder. It was Odin. Ah, man. I Well, like, but we, they don't tell us. They don't tell us who. Because one, yeah, if it, it was could. Thor... Uh, if it was Thor, there would have been a fight. There would have been a fight. But if it was <laughs> yeah, Odin, hmm. I think there still would have been a fight. Like, no, that whoever hates it was, them. no, I mean, he just hates Thor. Well, remember too that that um, uh, that uh, Mimir said that very very few people speak the the t world serpent's language. True. So so it's not it's not clear who yeah. would have would have talked to him. I, I mean, my it could best... even be. Oh. An unintroduced character. I think it was an unintroduced character. My best guess is that it was uh, Vanir. That's my best guess. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. That'd like, be, it, it literally, like you said, I I think it's an unintroduced character. I don't know who it could possibly be. It's just, I don't know. It's strange. But it's fun, too, at the same time, because it's like, oh, there's a loose end here that will... We'll never know, because they won't make another game or DLC. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I I want only the worst things for you. That no, they're gonna continue this for thirty more games. They're all gonna be just as good, and I'm always yeah, gonna been, have I've, something to, like no. I I don't know. It's fun though. So I I didn't know if I had missed something in the game, but I that, didn't think that they had answered that question of who who blew the horn. Yeah, we'll never. No. We may never know. <laughs> you know what? That, that's it. I. I'm in control of uploading these podcasts, and and this one's being is going to be called "We Hate Holland" episode three. <laughs> Holland's wrong. Holland is wrong <laughs> for two hours and fifteen minutes. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and are we are we all on the same page? Like Atreus can control the weather with his mood. It I seems. think so. Yeah. What? It seems that when did way. that happen? Yeah. Oh, he, when, he got thunderstormy. Well, yeah. When he talked, yeah. when he talked bad about to Cindir, he was like. Please stop talking about your nonsense, and then yeah. they already started cloudy and getting lightning and thunder. Uh, that, that might that might be true. Well, yeah, because yeah. when he gets sick and he kind of goes under, it gets it gets like that, and then yeah, when he gets he's he's like tired of little people and their little problems, and then it like the lightning storm kicks up again too. Yeah, unless, I think he has some control over the weather, unless it was just thematic gameplay oh how did you feel about the the foreshadowing in the game i i felt like there's like like when you, when it's revealed that atreus is loki i was like oh i i saw some of that his tricksterness uh well not maybe. with the tricksterness um so so when you 
So after you kill, I don't remember the Sons of Thor's name, uh, but the big one with the sword. After you kill him, and then you first go into Tyr's temple, and the it's, other brother comes down and like sneak attacks you because he's a sneaky little douche. Magni and Modi are the two. Okay, so whichever Ma- one Ma- it is Magni's the, the big one. Okay, so Modi. When Modi comes in, to, uh, attacks you, and he looks at the kid, and he looks at Atreus, and he's like, "You're gonna be my new brother," and it's like, "Oh." That was kind of foreshadowing, like Loki being like a, a brother of Thor. I mean, he wouldn't be technically be his brother, but it's like, oh, you're gonna, you're part of this pantheon. Which I was like, oh, that was a cool moment because I, I really didn't know at that moment when he says that to him. I was like, that's just kind of weird. I I would have thought he was gonna kill him, instead of like take him back and have him be his new. Like I didn't know what that meant, but I don't know. That was cool. Um. I guess sort of... I, I'm trying to think if there was any foreshadowing of the mother's connection with the giants before it's, like, fully revealed. I don't I don't think there was, but... There probably was, but uh, we're just like, uh, we don't I, know anything about yeah, Norse, Norse yeah. mythology. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, not, not too far out of what's in Marvel. I think they played all that pretty close to their chest. I don't think they did a whole lot to, to like, really lead you on. I do like how Mimir is, like, over... over uh, crazy about your zeus's son i'm like yeah okay what a big deal and he's still going on for like another couple uh game uh hours in i'm like before you actually save art Arturus, and i'm like uh okay <laughs> so i'm wondering well, if it that's seems a like he was, big thing though it probably is i mean the ghost of sparta wipes out an entire pantheon by himself like <laughs> Yeah, that's probably pretty uh, pretty well known because he knew who Kratos was. He called him the Ghost of Sparta specifically. Yeah. yeah, like he was familiar with who this dude is. So I don't know. It was overall extremely uh, extremely satisfying game. I gave it well an eight the, eight point well five out of ten. <laughs> extremely good. That's about a two and a half out of five stars for Holland. <laughs> No, I I seriously probably would give it like a, a eight eight point five eight point seven five yeah. Okay. What what's your justification there? I'm, I'm... Yeah. What's the what what's losing the one point five? Uh, oh, you mean just how poor poorly? Sc- it's a good passing score. What are you talking about? No, that is. <laughs> no, I did uh, Holland, why it. is this not a ten out of ten? What? Tell me tell me again why you're wrong. Holland. Well, one, the greatest game of all time is Super Mario World. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? As as we all know from Donkey, it's knack, baby. <laughs> it's not knack. Good, good. No, the game was good. It's just there was uh, a few. Uh, the two realms were a little um, grindy without the enjoyment. Grindy enjoyment, and then one. Yeah, uh, the length of it was a little too short. It could have been, it could have been a little longer and expanded upon. But I mean, it was it was still an overall great game for sure. Mm. Oh, I, I I felt great about the length, honestly, personally. I just uh, I thought that it it felt it felt good as a a way to uh, like it was it was not it didn't overstay its welcome. No, no, I agree with that. I mean, I I'm kind of with Holland like. I don't know. I'm kind of in between there because I, I, I wanted it to keep going. Like I wanted this game to just keep going and going and just the story continue. 
Yeah. Um, well, I think, I, and but the, I, think the, I think it I think it ended well. I I spent a good amount of time on this game. I mean, I didn't finish it, you know, the, the other, in a few days. So the other points uh, taken off was uh, the bosses. Yeah, the bosses were good. The side boss was really good, but I was kind of hoping for some really, I mean, some good boss fights. There was only maybe like uh, I'd probably say three or four. Three. Boulders fight the dragon and the queen, Valkyrie. That was it. Three bosses. Okay. I yeah, want. I, I kind of wanted a little more, but overall, it's still great. Yeah. Still a fantastic I, yeah. game. I, I I don't you know, I I feel strongly enough about the game just to say that that I felt fine having what we had. I sure would I like more? Yes, but I think that I want more because of the virtue of it being a good game. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, I think that I completely that there, agree with that. There there are plenty of good games where you you feel like you would like to live in the world with these characters forever. I mean, I I, I was kind of like moved the by last an extremely airbender. The what? The, the did last, you say Ben Bender? That last airbender. Oh no! I I know you said Airbender, but you like either cut out or the audio sounded funny to me. So it sounded like you're saying Ben Bender. Oh, Ben Bender. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's just uh, it was good. It was a great game. It really was. It was. I I might agree with the eight point five realm, eight point five to nine for me. There was a few things like, uh, it's it, it to be honest, like it's you said, really it's really verging on nine. It really it is. is, yeah. The some of the fights, like you said, I only felt like this, the like epic fight at like that sort of amazing feel you have after like some epic fight once or twice in that game. Um, sure. Both of the Balder fights, and maybe after I, I don't know, maybe after I kill the Queen Valkyrie, maybe that one too. Um, but the first Balder fight, I think, was by far the best, probably because of the, the point in the in the game that it came in oh like, yeah at yeah. the beginning after you know you're, you've kind of gone around you fought some little enemies and then all of a sudden i mean you are just throwing down with this guy and it's it's it's, it's insane like yeah. the setup to it like this i really thought that i was gonna watch kratos just cripple some little scrawny guy at the beginning <laughs> i was like oh god dude stop hitting him this is not gonna end well and then he just like knocks you through the through the roof and it's like oh we're going this is gonna be good and it was it was fantastic like this the ending fight with Balder too and that one had like all sorts of emotional weight with it yeah um the little thing there was little things like like i like that there was all the new all the different gear i didn't like that all the gear there was basically like three types of gear there's the one shoulder strap there's the two smaller shoulder straps and then there's like the full plate gear and that style is just recreated over and over and over with different um, textures and coloring. I, I kind of wanted some legitimately fully unique looking armor and stuff. Sure. Um, little stuff like that. I, I, I really like all the different types of, like I'm more of an aesthetic person. If it's like a slightly crappier piece of gear, but it looks way cooler, I will use it, especially in a game like that where I don't know. It, it's just, I enjoy that more, but overall it was good. Um, 
it was kind of like a really good movie and you just don't want the story to end because it has more to go. It has more places to go, but I, I kind of, yep. I don't know. I, I think the length of it was about right. Like kind of like the uncharted games. They're yeah. good movies. Just like, yeah, yeah I, just like that. I, I, th- I think that I would give it a 9.5 <gasps> if I'm just, just if I'm reserving tens for maybe games that are iconic and important to me in, in my experience, like I would give the last of us a 10 out of 10, you know, for me personally, I really need to play this game. Yes, Um, you do. But (laughs) but like, uh, you know, uh, uh, this, this game is excellent verging on being one of, of, of the best of, I mean, it's definitely in the the top, probably top 20 games for me of uh, all time, of easily, easily the best game of this year so far for me. Oh, oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I mean, game it's, of the year yeah. for this year. Excellent for sure. game, Me- mechanically extremely satisfying. Excellent storytelling. Much of it feels earned. Mm-hmm. A far more nuanced character from an established franchise that I played and enjoyed. You I, know, just all around exceptionally well done. Incredible cinematography, in a sense. Mm-hmm. If if you can really say that game worlds have cinematography, but just excellent world building. Really strong introduction to Norse mythology. Really good all around. I think yeah. it's an excellent game. I think that if anybody is listening and has not already been... Well, if anybody's listening, I mean, we, we're so spoiler-oriented that, that we should really not be giving recommendations. <laughs> it's like, if, if you, if you the way, already... Yeah, if we you already... already like this thing that we like, great. You know, we're glad that you like the thing we like. But, but uh, we're not exactly a spoiler free sort of experience this is why i said we should give our recommendations at the beginning be like and then come back in two weeks once you've finished the game yeah like oh i could not i'd be so mad if i listened to this and then went to play this game and i was like oh yeah atreus is loki well that's like everything's ruined now <laughs> yeah that's true that that would <laughs> be ruins bad. almost everything it's gone yeah I, you know actually uh, also i i think well part of the issue is is that if we were to give advanced reviews we would have to plan a little more aggressively. Oh, no, I meant at the Which, beginning of the podcast, just say, I would oh, recommend this game. I got gotcha, you. Yeah, I no, gotcha. not not that much in advance, no. Yeah, that would take okay. far more planning and ability than <laughs> I want or have. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I think it's time to move on to the Avengers. I mean, yes. we are approaching the one and a half hour mark, and if we are shooting for... Two hours, two and a half hours, then then uh, we better keep this tight, boys. It was great. I think <laughs> it was it was the best movie ever. All right, so where do, so where do you guys put this? Um, where do you rank this in in like your I don't know against all the other Marvel movies? I I actually think a narrower categorization is better because uh, the standalone movies have a much stronger sense of their individual purpose. True. As opposed to these group films, so if I were to rank this amongst the uh, the coming together films, yeah. being Avengers, um, Avengers Two, uh, Captain War. America: Civil War, which I think is very strongly a Avengers style film, is, even though that, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Even though it's not officially in that 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 canon, uh, I would say that this is uh, better than Avengers Two, but worse than Civil War, and it's just so dramatically different at this point in the universe from the original Avengers yeah. that I think it's, I think that it's hard to really rank the original Avengers against some of this other content. 
Like I, I think Civil War is the best. I think it's better than the original Avengers, even to be perfectly honest. I but, no, I'd agree with that. But I think that that uh, the original Avengers was a really important landmark in terms of the vision that Marvel had for their world building, for having a lot of individual standalone movies culminate in some big event movie. And uh, you know, as far as big event movies go, I think that that this most recent one did a really good job kept things really tight, uh, surprisingly tight, given the amount of content that they had to cover, and uh, and felt pretty rewarding on the whole. Yeah, yeah I, w- I-, I would say uh, this, for, for what they led up to, you know, from Iron Man to now, um, this probably is their, their prize jewel, I would think. Um, I I personally think it does take the cake for the all the the unity of of the characters coming together. Um, the like co- collaboration. Yeah, as Avengers has the a whole lar- the large collaboration ones. Yeah. So, you, so sorry. So are you saying this is you saying this one's like the the best one over Civil War? Yeah, I think so because okay. it 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 brings everyone together. I mean, Guardians is now in it. Uh, that's true yeah it it just and the emotional impact um i i'll get this later but i really think (laughs) that that the guys that they wiped are are really gone i know (laughs) okay sandal that that seals it this podcast will be called holland is wrong episode three because they are not dead and it is obvious that they are not dead I was just thinking that because I was gonna agree with Joel's ranking over years. I don't think this is. I don't think this is the best one out of the whole series. I I think Civil War for me was better, too. And I and I don't think that they're all dead. Because, I mean they they can't be. The there are. Well, okay. Actually, what we had been saying with Guardians uh, earlier that there's so basically we were saying that like there's there's no way that they're all dead because they've got Guardians two in the works. They've got Black Panther in the works. Uh, they or could Gu- actually Guardians potentially 3. do. Oh, sorry, Guardians Three. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry for that. Guardians Two to finally come out. Uh, no. <laughs> so Guardians Three, actually, Guardians Three could potentially be done by uh, those like Sylvester Stallone and the people that worked with Yondu, where Rocket takes the place of Yondu in that group. Like that could happen. I guess I, it would I be weird. They're another group. I don't remember what they're called. They're, they're like a different different group of people in the comics that are established uh, as a separate entity. So yeah, I mean, and and I don't want to see. I I mean, I would see those like to see those characters in their own thing. Sure, maybe that would be fun, but but I'm just really not that interested in seeing Guardians without the the world that we've been building with with uh, James Gunn at this point. That's fair. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know it. I didn't want to see the the first Captain America movie, honestly, but it was fantastic. So I don't know. They they could do something good, but because we they, we've they been could. we've been saying that like there's no way that these are all dead because how do you do Guardians without them? That is a potential route to do it without them is to do it that way. Well, they they could, but they they wouldn't. There's no reason to. It it totally disrupts James Gunn's vision for who the Guardians are and their relationships one with each other. That's so, fair. You know, Guardians maybe could be a good uh, Guardians three could maybe be a good movie, a good Marvel movie, outside of the context of what's already been established. But it could not be a good James Gunn Guardians film 
without the characters that he has been working to create into a more cohesive whole. Yeah. I mean, think about all the emotional content, the weight of, you know, say Yandu's death or, or the, the whole arc with Rocket Raccoon in the second film. I mean, throwing that all in the garbage would be such an incredible waste of what they have already done that I do not believe, I strongly do not believe that, that they have really, truly killed all of the characters. Or the, well, okay. Or or Spider Man, he's he's brand new, and they just like peep, eh, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll mean, see. And they, I'm thinking just... more like too, even from just like a revenue standpoint, to get rid of like Groot, Spider Man, Black Panther, like what possibly the three like most popular ones. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and like I don't know, I like Joel said, I. <laughs> I, I didn't I don't know I didn't feel the emotional weight because I, I to me it's like they're clearly not actually dead something I, is gonna have to happen. I'm not saying it's it's, it's they did and it's just it's really I mean we did uh, have like some I, legitimate deaths in this. Uh, yeah, um, only Loki. one that I think that we know Loki of. and well, what about Heimdall? Well, yeah. Oh Heimdall. God, what? Yeah. He wasn't even in my three. Yeah, Heimdall. Heimdall. <laughs> Heimdall. Oh, that. Is, that's actually so sad because he's such a good character. Why did I not even? Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I I don't really, I really don't like even thinking about Thor Ragnarok. Think about all of the good work that they put into Thor Ragnarok, making all these different characters likable and having them come together and form a team. Uh-huh. And then just, I, why would they throw that in the garbage? That's true. I mean, yeah, they, they, they literally maybe killed they will. all of them on off off screen, except yeah, for Heimdall. Yeah, that's true. It's stupid. It's just really stupid. Like, I mean, I'm not angry at the film for what it is. I mean, there was no other way for the film to be what it is without them taking those characters out of the mix. Oh, but, no, yeah. but I just really, I really don't think that that it makes sense to either kill off these characters permanently, or to to just rob the other individual films from of of their their strong characters. You know, I. I, I think I think it would be nice to see Tessa Thompson. Well, again I mean, as, yeah, you, as can, the you can still, you know, you know, I think, you know, put put in that DVD Blu-ray and and watch them all over again. <laughs> you can just watch these and pretend like you know the next you're never gonna see them again. <laughs> you can go straight to hell, <laughs> which is probably where they all are right now. No, the the one death I, I don't think is is true. I'm is, so sad. Is uh, Gamora? I I think she is just trapped in that soul gem. Gamora, yeah, you cut out there. Why? G- okay. Yeah. Why? Why would? Why do you think Gamora? She looked dead. Why would she be any less dead than any of the other dozen dead characters? Yeah, but but she, we do see her again in what looked like the Soul World. Well, we see a vision of her that we assume we're probably seeing because Thanos is. Is has completed his vision and mm-hmm. is and is imagining what what it has cost him at the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that that was actually. I don't I know. I think that was more metaphorical than it was like literally. This is a version of her in the soul stone that he is experiencing. Uh, uh, it, it, uh, okay, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but, but I could see. I I could see them. I mean, why I, would she appear as a child to him if it were actually her? I don't know. I mean, how does the soul gem work? We don't. We literally do not know uh, but, at this point. 
in in the their soul, universe. The soul gem. There's there's like a yeah. I, mean, I know that I know that from like the comic standpoint. There's like a miniature world space within it. Well, I'm just saying, like you know, that's the other thing, Sandal. That's the other thing. Kevin Kevin Page did say, um, okay, we we know the stories from the comics, but he's taking something completely different route. So yeah, he, exactly. He could, he so could, it's like, yeah, he could take this whole differently uh, direction. Well, and I could totally see like how Joel's saying, like, oh, this is just you know something sort of in Thanos's mind where he's he's completed this task and he's kind of reflecting on what it's cost him. And I could see that being because that's that's sort of like the first thought, and then I could well, see them could, going it, on with it later and being like, ah, oh, this was actually sort of misleading, and that's actually Gamora's well, I, soul. I do I do think it could have been a product of him being in the Soul Stone, yeah, like in the Soul World. That may be where Thanos ends the movie. I don't know, but mm. but I I don't he I don't happy, think though that, at the sunset. Well, sure he did, because he had just completed his goal. Do you think? Wait, you think the world that he ended up on at the very end of the movie was the was in the Soul Gem? It could have been, yeah. Eh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I, it seemed like some. I don't know. It, it almost seemed like he had like finished massacring half of the universe and was like, "Time to go live that simple farm life I've always dreamed of." Like, <laughs> I don't know well, where so, he was. So, he was in so rundown well, shack. In the middle well, the thing, of some peaceful little place. Well, the thing about it is, is that that he um, he when he first picks up the soul stone after sacrificing Gamora, is uh, transported into an area where there's a lot of water. And that may just be a visual coincidence in the way that they had laid that out, but uh, I'm inclined to think that him being in the realm that's that's like where he's walking on the water towards the like pagoda or whatever it was mm. that that building where gamora stood um that that seems like a construct of the soul stone so yeah it, that it does is, i i think it is entirely possible that that he would know that he's dying and that he would retreat into the world of the soul stone possibly but, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think it honestly. The, here's the thing, though. I don't think it matters because because the speculation about what could be happening on that side of things doesn't really do anything for what already happened. So, mm-hmm. like like I, I think we should maybe focus a little bit more on on thinking about like the the rest of the movie and what the rest of the movie it, itself means. Because so, you know, like, or, go ahead. I was gonna say. I mean, if you look at the rest of the movie, um, it was funny. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, it was really fun to yeah. see interactions between characters that have had no interaction. Like like the Steve Rogers Groot one was fantastic. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. was, that was oh, hilarious yeah. that and, was... and just great. Um, or, all the Thor even, with the or, Guardians yeah, stuff Thor, was good. Thor, like, Thor and the Guardians was really yeah, good too. The, the tension between like um, him and Star-Lord was funny and like, all of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just, it just I, the I only just the only say, thing I didn't like about this movie is like it. It did seem like there was just so much going on, and we were just jumping from place to place to place. And they did a good job. I think they did as good a job as they could have to get through all of it. And to and they did do. A, I think they did a way better job of giving Thanos like a backstory and reason than they did um, uh, Ego in the second Guardians movie. Like. Oh. Oh, for sure, yeah. Way better, which I was very impressed with. I'm very glad that we got that. And well, so 
I, I, I want to I want to argue a little bit on behalf of the second Guardians film here too because Ego is not meant to be a galaxy threatening villain in a real sense because he's it's more about the relationship between father and son and between members of a family. It, it, Ego is important to the themes that Guardians is is trying to communicate. Whereas Thanos is a villain that is intended to be a galaxy-threatening, franchise-spanning oh, yeah, villain. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I, what I was more getting at with there was, like, even though there's a lot less going on in Guardians 2, they still did not flush out the reasoning behind Ego or anything like that nearly as much as they managed to do in this movie with Thanos. They managed to flush out his motivations and, and stuff like that way better than they did in Guardians 2. In Guardians 2, I felt like Ego just kind of got tossed into the mix halfway through the movie, and it was like, now this is a thing. That's kind of how I felt with that one. And this one, mm. I, I didn't have that. And and yet, this movie had so much more to get through than Guardians 2 had to get through. So I, I actually think that Ego as a character has is a simpler character. Just That's fair. From bottom line so there's there's less to understand about him and so his motivation motivations are pretty clear you know he he believes the best version of anything is, is a version of himself and and that's his motivation and then from that motivation because it is simple you have he's just a, a plant platform from which the characters can launch into their own sorts of relationship building you know because it's all about fathers and sons and families those are the themes that are really important to guardians whereas in in um in i think i think that unfortunately you you may like our perception of thanos may be that oh he's he's actually relatively interesting he is a extremely complex character who is pretty shallowly characterized so the additional characterization that we get in the film may be good but it's just a fraction of his potential whereas ego doesn't really have the potential to be a whole lot more than what he was that's at least my perception, you know, that, that he was not really, Ego was not somebody who could be or should have been more than he was. He filled exactly the purpose that he needed to, to fill to help thematically address what what you want to do in, in Guardians 2. Because Guardians 2 is like, I, I want to tell a fun story where the characters get to work through their personal issues and grow. And how do we do that? Okay, well, we introduced this particular character who is representative of, of the broader themes who, who, or, you know, themes or motifs uh, that, that you're seeing in the, in the films, like with relationships between family and, you know, father and son and so on. So, so I, I think that, 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 that is, is more effective in the context of its standalone film than Thanos is to the broader context of, of Guardians, or excuse me, to, uh, to Avengers, even though he was, I think, pretty good. I, I think that, that they did a pretty good job giving him the amount of the requisite background to make him a believable character in the circumstance in which he filled the role as villain. Or we may even get more um, in part two. Of, yeah, sure. of like the Thanos background and motivations. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. maybe we do. Maybe you see more of Thanos um, on Titan before uh, Titan collapsed. I mean, maybe not. Possibly. Well, isn't he supposed to be like a science experiment almost too? No, he's just he's he's one of the new gods. Uh, he's he's uh, part of the that particular universe. Huh. Okay. And, and actually, the the way that they depicted Titan was a lot friend friendlier than it's usually depicted on in uh, in. Uh, oh my God! Wait comics? a second. Hold on. No, 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 no. I'm I'm. 
I'm I've made a mistake. I'm in my head. I'm I'm confusing some of the background of uh, Dark Side with with, uh, oh. with Thanos. <laughs> yeah, as I say, I'm pretty sure Thanos is like some sort of, like on some level, some sort of science experiment. I think <laughs> or not an experiment, no, I, but he's like a genetically modified being. They they no. they pretty much are the same character. <laughs> Dark yeah, side. that's they fair. Are, they, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> they pretty. Yeah, much they, they are very th- similar, but I, I, I do not think that that he is a, uh, a, uh, a science experiment. Basically, I could. I, uh, I'm not sold on that either. I just, I, I actually just looked up the character, and it says that the creator of Dark Side, uh, Jim Starlin, actually said that the he it says Starlin has admitted that the character's look was influenced by Jack Kirby's Dark Side. <laughs> So yeah, that's and that's fair. the new gods. They, they, so that yep. DC is the new gods, which is where, yeah. where Darkseid comes from. <laughs> All hail DC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so I, I uh, so he actually this is interesting. Starlin, Jim Starlin, the creator of of uh, Thanos, says, "I went to college doing U.S. military service and getting work in comics, and there was a psych class, and I came up with Thanos and Drax the Destroyer." But I'm not sure how he fit into it, just anger management probably. So I came up to Marvel and editor Roy Thomas asked if I wanted to do an issue of Iron Man. I felt that this may be my only chance ever to do a character, not having the confidence that my career was going to last anything longer than a few weeks. So they got jammed into it. Thanos was a much thinner character and Roy suggested beefing him up. So he's beefed up quite a bit from his original sketches. And later I liked beefing him up so much that he continued to grow in size. So that's that's kind of his is the origin of the character. I don't know what his biography is. Let's, his like let's power see set and everything. I maybe I was thinking like I know I saw some sort of like a video explaining the full history of Thanos throughout the comics and like I do remember him being tinier and that maybe he didn't have the same maybe it was like an intellect thing or something like that. I I don't know. I know that his yeah. character has changed and evolved a lot though through the original so, Inception to. Like, I don't think he was nearly, like, when he was originally introduced, I don't think he was nearly, he wasn't at the same scale or power that he is currently. So, I, I'll, I'll read you uh, the character biography of Thanos, courtesy of, of Wikipedia here. It says, <laughs> Thanos was born on Saturn's 100% moon. 100% accurate. <laughs> on Saturn, Saturn's moon, Titan. So, I, I guess they... they in, I don't in like the that. movie. They they uh, they made Titan into its own planet. I'm sure it's not actually Saturn's. Yeah, I feel like that'd planet. be a pretty big thing to miss for this long. But, yeah. So, but in any case, uh, it says the son of the Eternals mentor and Suisan, and I don't know who either of those people are. And then he has a brother named Eros of Titan. It says, uh, let's see, I you know what. I'm not even going to bother because there's too much lore. They, there's like a bunch of links in, in the article about his information that would make it – I would have to read you not only his information but the information about a bunch of other people. But I guess the the the, ba- the, the basic point is that, that he didn't look quite like they expected and it says at birth his mother was shocked by his appearance and attempted to kill him, believing that her son would be would annihilate annihilate every life in the universe but was stopped by his father you have to look real fucking ugly for your mom to look at you and be like oh my god this thing's gonna wipe out all life (laughs) (laughs) how would it like what do they normally look like it's the but but, it it was the ball sack chin that's what it was (laughs) oh my god what is that so it says during school years thanos was a pacifist and would only play with his brother and pets by adolescence thanos had become fascinated with nihilism 
and death, worshipping and eventually falling in love with the physical embodiment of death, Mistress Death. As an adult, Thanos augmented his physical strength and powers through superior scientific knowledge oh, and attempted to create what was a that? new... Li- yeah, scientific sci- enhancement? No, but he's not a science project. That's not like where he... Oh, he come from. on. Well, what else did you like... <laughs> No, I he's an augmented like, being. He's Holland, not naturally that Holland strong. That's wrong. the point. <laughs> Holland, Holland, damn it, Holland. <laughs> so, well, anyway, we don't need to know about Thanos. Big deal. Who cares? Anyway, the movie um, <laughs> has uh, pretty much. I like Spider-Man's uh, new outfit too. The uh, mm-hmm. Iron Spider. The Iron oh, Spider was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Can we talk about the new Iron Man suit that he's got the... Was this supposed to be their version of, like, the Bleeding Edge armor? The nanotech stuff? I don't know. I don't care, honestly. I, I think it's it's stupid. I think it, it looks bad. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that uh, as they have continued to, ta- to take uh, Robert Danny Jr. out of a physical, practical suit, it, the his his character has been become significantly less interesting. Like, I, I don't think that Iron Man works unless he is is uh, more oriented towards a suit up process and i'm i'm sick of looking at him in a cgi neck suit like i i don't i don't want to see the equivalent of a bunch of people in, in track suits working in front of a green screen where literally the only real life part of the scene is their head okay so i agree with that and I did not like. I didn't like the look of the armor in this one as much. But I am extremely happy that he's finally on like the nano suit iteration of the armor because that's when he gets like really, really good. Like Ugh. the like the bleeding edge armor in like the comics is when he like goes out like travels through space and all this other stuff and like joins up with the guardians. So oh, I like yeah, that. Sure. I like the idea of the armor, but I agree the look of it, like. Yeah, the other armors for visually for the actual movies way was way more satisfying for me. Because I and the reason I part of the reason I say that is because it's I think the the where where this movie is successful is in getting a group of together's a, a group of characters together in pursuit of a grander goal with a real sense of of danger to it. But on the opposite hand, that the actual danger itself does not feel really particularly real or earned. So like when you have a lot of characters who are significantly, where the actors are significantly augmented by uh, CG Mm -hmm. or characters who are pure CG being attacked by other characters of pure CG, it just really detracts from the, the feeling of actual immediacy like there's not a there's rawness to the actual experience and and i think we actually we talked about this a little bit the other day didn't we um isn't that right i don't about like what the overuse of like cg yeah maybe not i, I don't, don't think so when, when andrew came back to my house for a little bit at before before oh, yeah he, we did he we just oh, a bit, yeah i was gonna say yeah, yeah i wasn't there for that then we we talked a little bit about it with my upstairs neighbor steve and uh, and uh, we that was one of the things that that we talked about a little bit while we were there. I just really think that it just you know when you have a, a bunch of people being vaporized into CG dust, 
like the the meaning of what they're doing kind of resonates but it doesn't really feel you know it doesn't feel like there's any real sense of danger because again it's like a bunch of, as much as we might argue about it the bottom line is that these are a bunch of big name franchise leading actors you know permanently killing somebody like loki sure like that that maybe that that's that's impactful and maybe that sticks but because you know they, they may not have a, much more to do with him yeah but but the 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 all these other deaths of, of like major franchising characters it's like shocking and and kind of you know it's like wow i can't you know i can't believe that they're they're actually doing this but the actual shock of what they're doing is is simply shock at the action not really an emotional resonance because it feels like loss. There is no real loss in this in these movies in in a in a in a lot of cases. Well, I would I mean, argue wh- that the only one that actually did feel loss was when when Spider Man was going. Why did he well, like? See, I don't why know. Did they give him the extra time. Why? Why would yeah. he get any? Like, why yeah. could he fight the vaporization? Uh, because I mean, that's why I think I, that I really do think that they actually are killing off these characters. Nah, see, I think that no. was a, I think that was like a cheap trick to try to get you to feel, to feel <laughs> something for these people that were, for all of these characters that were just disappearing off a of screen or just vaporizing, with like no emotional setting to it. They're just phasing out, and I think that yeah. was like a cheap trick because they're like, oh, everyone really loves Spider Man. Like people really like these characters, but everyone really loves Spider Man. Let's give him the extra time. Yeah, Andrew, you know. I love you, but uh, <laughs> but but yet again, you are wrong. I just, I just don't I don't think I can get behind that particular that particular idea. Well, let's just uh, let's just, just I really, let's see what happens next year when when part two comes out. What if the, it we get Miles Morales, Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> and whoever and Mbaku as the next Black Panther? <laughs> that's 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 i think that's going to be only time will tell but i think when part part two comes out and we see the end of the movie and those characters that don't show up one that will be the big that will be the marvels and disney's biggest and boldest move to do whatever they need to do because this is this is and correct me if i'm wrong this is end of phase four right uh i think so I'd have to look at the. I'd have to look at like some chart somewhere, but that sounds right. It, it, it's like this is they're phasing into a brand new direction of of the Marvel universe, with like yes. this Marvel and Ant Man and yeah, whoever right, was left. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, yeah, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. Oh, by I the don't way, know. yeah, that was I a mean, good um a good little teaser there at the very end of the after the end credits. Captain Marvel uh, I, I, uh I liked oh, it. Oh sure, yeah, for Captain But I Marvel, I yeah. was really expecting there to be like two or three more what? in credit uh, scenes. At least I, one, I, sorry, at least two or three total in credit scenes. Two or three. When when have we ever gotten three? Um <laughs> I'd have to think about that. I know that I I know that we've at least had two in in a few of them. I want to say yeah. Guardians 2. Guardians 2 there was like three extra scenes at the end. Sandals Sandals like Okay, I, I, I'm I'm saying that not only do I want two post-credit teases, I want a third. I want them to go above and beyond. Hey, this is the this is the movie to do it. This is the above and beyond movie to do that. I, I still I think it would have been very very funny to see uh, Tony 
crying sadly into a sandwich um, at, at the <laughs> That uh, would have been hilarious. I, I think that would have but... ruined the whole thing of the smarmish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have ruined the entire mood of that movie to, to show some, like, hilarious sobbing Tony Stark <laughs> and, like, uh, Nebula just kind of looking at him in disgust. That would have that would have wrecked it. Oh, or, or like he's like head in his hands, crying, like visibly crying. And she like just walks over and like kind of pats him awkwardly on the head. <laughs> there, 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 there. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I just don't think that that uh, the deaths that we're seeing are really earned. And I think. So, I think no. Yeah, I'm the same. I, it's like, I don't. I don't think they're going to be long term. No. I, I don't know because. Granted, yes, the 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 Infinity Gauntlet. I know. I'm just really trying to t- sell this. <laughs> I don't know why. Why do you want them dead, Holland? <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I honestly, I don't want them to be dead. But this. But the th- same thing, though. After watching the the movie, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet. You can snap it with a finger. Hoo hoo. Yeah, half the population of the universe is gone. But at the same time, you can also do that again, and they're all back. But if you. I think I don't doing know if you guys that w- would end Thanos. Like he clearly overexerted the the limit of the gauntlet to no, harness that, the power that it requires to do what he did. That, that's that's the, thing. the way it happened. Did you see the, the charred com- gauntlet? It looked like yeah. it was unusable now. Well, well, the gauntlet well, no, was I don't, charred. No, the gauntlet, his, his the arm gauntlet was, was fucked probably up fine. Too. His, his arm his arm was messed up, but but I I'm pretty sure no. that. Um, so here's the thing, though. I think in the comics that in the original Infinity War content, Thanos does complete the snap, and then eventually Nebula wields the gauntlet and uh, reverses his actions. So it's which will probably be in turn uh, Tony Stark to do it. Sure. Yeah. Possibly, it might. Yeah. It, might, it might be another character who does this and then is destroyed as a result. They would need a lot of. They would have to focus that movie on Nebula as a character, kind of how. Now, I felt like in this movie, they focused a lot on Gamora, specifically for that setup of her being sacrificed by Thanos. And her, and also because of her personal tie to Thanos. Oh my god. She did die. All of the, okay, this is what's so funny, is like, out of all the deaths that happened in that movie, (laughs) me and Joel are on the page of, like, all the ones where they vaporized are are probably still alive, but I'm pretty sure that Gamora's actually dead. Like, Gamora, Loki, uh, Vision, and Heimdall, I think are legitimately dead and not coming back. Like, the, the most visceral, least CG deaths were those characters and and Holland's like no man I think it's the CG <laughs> characters who are the really dead ones I think they're dead wait oh, who oh, who was would... the other one that um Vision I don't think Vision died either because I think um what was her name the one that was he... doing the surgery I think Sur- she got mo- uh, Suri no. oh that speaking think... of her I I was watching something earlier today we don't know if uh Suri phased out of resi- existence or not we didn't no, see that. I... No, I, my guess is we did not know we don't know but my guess is that she did not um, because she'll be involved in because she'll be the next vision. Black Panther no oh my <laughs> god <laughs> I think I think he's trolling at this point yeah no I don't think so um, oh okay and this is actually another thing with the Black Panther when we had that scene of like right before the battle starts in Wakanda I think yeah. he was just wearing a shirt like it wasn't the Black Panther suit, 
uh, from like the neck up, it was just like no, he was wearing. It looked it. like he had like a just like a workout shirt on that was. No, he had oh, no, pants. I, that, that looked. It looked like no. I think. I think it looked like the the, was the neckline suit. of the panther suit without the the helmet. But the thing about it is that since you, we normally see him as a CG character instead of a physical character, yeah. uh, we just don't we don't see him in his practical suit all that often. But hey, at least they put him in a practical suit. Like there are well, more see, than one was... scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Ten points. Ten points. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say there. I'm just no, I, rattling, on, rattling on about how, how much I dislike. No, the you're, you're absolutely correct. The, the, I'm glad they did put him in a practical suit. It made more. Uh, See, to me, I thought it was them attempting to make it seem like the Black Panther suit, but I was like, I can clearly tell that that's just like a workout shirt with the, with the Black Panther suit pattern on it. Like, I, <laughs> that's what I thought. It. That's what I thought. So I don't know it. See, I, you, you're you're getting you're getting brainwashed by all the CG. Yeah, where's this? Give me the more CG. No, no you can actually. I don't tell, know. It, you can tell. I guess if it's CG or not. Yeah, I guess characters like um like how you have like Thor or like Drax or all any of the Guardians besides Rocket and Groot. Uh, yeah, are majority not CG. I mean, of course, Thor. Once when there's lightning coming out of his eyes, I have a slight feeling that that was CG. That scene where, not not Chris Crimps. That's just what Australians are able to do. <laughs> no, that yeah, that, that, that's why you need to take a vacation there. That whole scene of uh, of when he opens the star for uh, for Peter Dinklage's dwarf, dwarfism. <laughs> that, oh my gosh, that, it was, that so was fantastic. Good. That, was, Boy, that was great. Yeah. You're gonna uh, have of all those, it'll, store the star. Yeah, it'll uh, all kill those, you, boy. All, only if I die. <laughs> yes, that is what kill you means. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that's a great way for for you to use a character um, with. Uh, I don't know if if he has dwarfism. Is that I don't know if the, that's the best term. I know he's you'd be like a little person would be. You know, anyway, oh my but, gosh! You did not just call. No, yeah, I don't know. What the, it, I don't it, know. I don't know where we've settled on that. What the right term for them still, is, but yes, he is. Well, I no, thought I, he I did a think... phenomenal job, and then him. I I laughed all the time that he said "boy" because of God of War playing. God of War. <laughs> right, <laughs> boy. <laughs> so that's yeah. No, I I I think in this case, referring to him as a dwarf would be accurate in the context of the film. I just I don't think that if you were a, a little though. person, a dwarf, a dwarf is is the the most appropriate term nowadays. It's a little or, person playing a giant dwarf within the Marvel universe. But I thought that was great. Like I know like it Peter was. Dinklage. Yeah, I thought P- I like Peter Dinklage as a character in general, um, or like or the character as uh, an actor in general, um, but. But uh, but he that was a fun character for him to get to play. Yeah, that was, and that was like a fun little Easter egg too. It's like, oh my god, it's Peter Dinklage. Like there was no hint of him, at least for me. I don't know. I I didn't see anything that was like Peter Dinklage is also in this movie or like anything like that. So that was just fun. Yeah, to go in yeah. there and be like, I, holy crap, this Peter Dinklage. And it took me a second to recognize him too. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> it's really him. Yeah, no, I I think um speaking of like like him and Thor though, like I think Thor had the most epic moment in this movie when he shows up in Wakanda and completely turns the tides. 
yes. for him. That yes. and like and like just sitting there while the like energy of a star is just passing over you and you're just taking it like a boss. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think actually, you know, I, I'm glad that uh, Thor has been given the opportunity to be a little uh, goofier because it it does a ton for his character because he's, he's kind of stodgy in the first Thor. And yeah. I, I think that whole movie in, 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 in general is, is kind of stiff. And I think that he's, he's really gotten to loosen up and, and be a pretty enjoyable character. Uh, you know, he's referring to, to Rocket as, as Rabbit the whole time. I thought that was funny, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. but like, I, I think that especially what he got to, the character that he got to be in um, uh, Thor Ragnarok really informs the character that he was in this most recent film, and I think it's great. Yeah, it is. The getting, uh, what was the, oh God, is it St- Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker, yeah. That was, yeah. That was really cool to see him, you know, finally get the new weapon and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, all the, the like, when he when he arrived at Wakanda, I got that sense of, um, I kind of got that sense, like, in the first, um, like, in the first Avengers movies, when the Hulk finally shows up on the motorcycle and transforms and, like, like punches the gigantic... Um, I don't know those big oh, flying worm things and stops it. Yeah, I got I got that feeling where you're like, oh, this is gonna be epic! Like this is amazing. I got that feeling when th- Thor showed up, and that was like the only time that I kind of got that feeling. In that yeah, movie. I, I thought I, I got that a little bit, but actually, you know, I I'm glad you brought that up because I have not seen. There's not been any combat moment in. Well, you know what? I I'm gonna sort of say something and then take take it back to a degree because. I, I, I was just saying the most recent films, I haven't really gotten any of those like, yeah, moments in, in the combat, to be totally yeah. honest with you. Um, there have been some like kind of cool stuff like, you know, a lot of the stuff with the Iron Spider and, and when they're tag teaming Thanos to try to get his glove off, you know, like that, that stuff. Sure, that's that's all pretty cool. But there there aren't those really like intense like like, you know, those yeah moments like I was saying, like when uh, when the Hulk catches Tony or when the Hulk appears and says, "That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry," and yeah. then turns to, and then turns into the Hulk and then turns around and then and then punches the flying monster. There's nothing funny like no big moments like where the the Hulk punches Thor or like where he grabs Loki and then slams him back and forth on the floor. You know, like like there there aren't any any really like memorable in combat moments in the same way. You know, Thor showing up and and blasting everything was okay, but I think that it. The fact that it's just a bunch of like generic meat monsters, and mm-hmm. that there's a big battle that's a large scale battle that had been ongoing already at that point, it, it detracts a little bit from from that experience. That's true. Plus, they didn't really go anywhere with that after it. Like he shows up and he he like he you know, kind of takes a few of them out, and then does the big hit against the ground where just you know he just wipes out a lot of them. Then we then we move on to other ones. And speaking of like like people showing up to like save the day, I just from a certain standpoint I cannot get behind a Scarlet Witch and Vision losing to enemies, and their saviors are Captain America without a shield and Black Widow and Falcon. <laughs> and don't I, Falcon. I just I 
I don't. Yeah, don't forget Falcon. I just. I don't know. <laughs> no. That, we well. Okay, Sandal. I I know. We've already established in previous podcasts and in uh, many blog posts and uh, maybe even a tattoo that you hate Falcon. <laughs> you know? So, so nothing um, about. I just I don't like Falcon. Uh, you you probably were like <laughs> I up, don't know up, applauding at the end when he's like when he finally vanishes like yes Falcon's gone. I was like, well, yeah, that's what, that's why I think maybe Holland's right. You no, know, no, he, he could be right. If you'll recall, Holland, he was like, oh, I thought that War Machine had died. <laughs> oh my god, I did think that. I thought that War Machine. It was hard to keep up with all of them. <laughs> oh please, are we sure that he didn't? Yes. Yes. War. What War Machine? Survived. Oh no, you're right. He went. He was. He was walking through the forest looking for um, yeah. Falcon. That's right. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, at least that actor only has to do one role now. <laughs> well. Wow. Well. Wow. Well. No, okay. it's. Uh, I just I don't see like I know you guys have said that you like Falcon because he balances Cap out, but I don't know. Well, he works fine in that context. Again, you know, I think it doesn't. It I think Bucky is a, was kind of absurd with a conventional weapon. Like I mean, he's got a. Yeah, that he's, was a he's little got ridiculous. A vibranium, he's, he's got, got a, a fire vibranium arm. arm. I mean, yeah, you've got a vibranium arm, and they just gave you like an AK. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it was not an AK, but or but what? It, well, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a pair of essentially, a pair essentially, of they've got the rest of it this army more... has spears that shoot fucking lasers. There's a ro- There's a there's a talking raccoon next to you with a laser gun. There's like. You yeah, have a it's, it's, you have a normal gun. I don't know. It's a problem. Like I mean, it's like well, of course, when Thor shores up, the the tide is turned because he's got actual powers. You know, he's, That's he's true. not just he's not a, just a guy with a um, impressive prosthetic. Yeah. So, oh, what it, was up with the Hulk not hulking out? Is it because he lost to Thanos straight up? Yes. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh, and it 100%. was that. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that worked out great, actually. I, I thought it was I thought that was really good part uh, part to the film. I I'm ready for the rematch. There's going to be a rematch. Oh, dude, they're setting know, that up. You know yeah. versus him and I don't know if well I don't know if he'll fight fight Thanos again. Oh, they've got to. Yeah, he will. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, honestly, actually, Andrew, and I'm, I'm going to side with you just a little bit here. I actually do like. <laughs> uh, I don't think the characters are dead permanently but i like that they are dead for now it's <laughs> so yeah I, it is I, I like i like them having the opportunity to tighten the cast and to have those characters like there's there's a good opportunity for them to like to feel the weight and to kind of be this ragtag group of people who have suffered you know pretty enormous losses yeah for sure but it's and if permit. for some reason the only way to bring them all back is to make sure is to sacrifice Falcon for whatever reason because we don't know the mechanics behind all this, that would also be fine. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, <laughs> all right. So now, what, I, what would you guys give this movie then? Um, see, I don't, I don't know. I honestly like there was almost too much going on, and I didn't have much of like an emotional tie to many of the things that happened like starting like like the, to start out with 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 like the the destruction of the Asgardians and stuff was almost like 
It's cheap. It cheapens all yeah. of the work that they had done for in other films. It felt, yeah, exactly. It felt, it felt like this movie did cheapen not just that, but uh, other parts. I don't know. I, I guess I have to see where they're going from here too. I, it was. I think I agree with uh, Joel's ranking of like the collaboration movies. I don't think that this was better than Civil War because I had more of a tie to what was happening in that movie. And and not only that, Civil War is a movie with a clear goal, you know, start start to finish. There's mm-hmm. there's a, a self-contained storyline that definitely leads content to be explored in the future as it has been. But it also had a, a central conflict that was able to be resolved and feel like it was contained. I you know, I actually when, when Andrew and I were talking to Steve, my neighbor, um about this, I had said that it it feels like this is a road movie. So it's it's not this is not a destination film. This is a film that is meant to get you to a different location. Oh, so yeah, you know that's it, yeah, it does, that's very fair. It it does it does its job admirably, especially given the amount that it had to address. But it doesn't have the opportunity, as a result, to be its own individual satisfying standalone experience much like a lot of the other films got to be so like avengers felt like it was a culmination of something uh, yeah. avengers and infinity war felt like it is the beginning of something and That's so true. so it's it's like or maybe if if uh if we want to say it is like the end of this particular phase then it's the end of one thing but the beginning of something you know f- far greater or if not far greater than equally significant Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. I I think from from my ranking, part of what you're saying there is like like them. I don't want to give it the lower end of what I would be thinking for ranking because I have to appreciate what how how well they did at accomplishing this massive amount of story and what they were trying to do. But the other part of me is like, but I think this would have been better if we had maybe tried to do somehow a little bit less and and put more time into other aspects like we were there was a lot of just there was a lot of skipping around and going to a lot of different places here throughout the whole thing and that i i wasn't a huge fan of but at the same time it's like it makes sense that you would do that so yeah there, i, I mean, know, there's my, no other uh, no other way to do the film other than the way that it was done in yeah. a sense i mean you know maybe you change or fix one thing or another but no, it was. It's just, that's, yeah, that's what's like. It's hard to. It was a necessary uh, item to be done. It needed to true. be done. Fair. Okay. I would. Okay, I would give it. That's why it was, I'm between it was split a seven into and two parts. Ha- I'm, I'm, I'm between a seven and a half and an eight for this. It was still like. It was still a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I, I personally give it an. I'd say an eight. I think that's a, a good solid number for me because I think it accomplished what it was trying to do really effectively. Uh, there are definitely some things that I would like to see in the future, and I would much rather see uh, tighter individual stories where maybe different groups mm-hmm. of, of these characters get to interact. But I think to do what they need to do, there was not really any way to do this better than the way that it was, was done. Like, I can't personally envision. Because, you know, like, sometimes I'll see a film and I'll think, man, if only they had done this particular thing better. You know, I have complaints about the way that they choose to mechanically make these films now, you know, with the over-emphasis on CG and the lack of real emotional impact because you're, you know, destroying what are franchise, you know, the, the, the sort of franchise culture 
of the actual movie making industry, you think, well, I, I'm not able to be fully engrossed in this movie because I'm also thinking about the business practices of the company that's creating it. You know, so so like those those are issues that I have with maybe superhero films in general and with the Marvel universe as a whole. But I think that the movie itself to do what it did did exactly what it needed to do. Okay. Yeah. What was your what was your actual number there? I, you cut out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I'd say an eight. It's an eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a. All right, Holland. Let's let's hear how wrong you are. It it was a solid eight for sure. It really. <laughs> no, it was it. This, it brought all the ten years two thousand nine, whereas when it started to tit until now, it it brought everything to a a new beginning, uh, and a new direction on what what's going to happen from here on out. And I think it's it, it brought all those characters together in a good good way and we'll see what happens. Um I'm looking I'm actually really looking forward to it. But, yeah. But Marvel yeah, Universe. I mean, I don't have I mean, you guys pretty much said everything, but yeah, it's characters are dead, they're going yeah, to have let, new ones and there you go. <laughs> Yeah, let, let, let's just let's just say this. I have to give the highest praise to Marvel films for creating a cohesive universe out of a lot of different disparate elements and in a way that is generally satisfying. I mean, you know, you may like or dislike certain elements of the film, but they they have really not made any any real duds. Like they No, in, they haven't. In in, in Ten years—that's a—that's uh, a pretty cor- impressive thing to do. Thor: Lost World. <clears throat> oh well, yeah. Thor: The Lost World is not not great, but it's you know, it's, it's not it's well. So I mean, Iron Man Two isn't great either. You know, they, yeah, they, that's they're, true. They're not the best films, but I mean, it, they, nothing is has been like total, total bomb or well, half of the DC <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like like when you think about DC, you're like. You, when you have to think about DC, like immediately your your face it's hits like, your oh, palm, like yeah, like oh god, those movies, Fantastic Four, it just like hurts your heart. But with Marvel, you're like oh, that's kind of too bad. That that could have been a little mm. bit better. But but you know, other than that sort of mild, sort of eh, sort of this feeling that that maybe hint of disappointment or or like ooh, wouldn't it have been cool if they had done this? I, there, I think that the good vastly outweighs the bad in in their their uh, world building, and I think they should be applauded for it because nothing yeah. of this scale has ever been achieved, like nothing. There's there's no other franchise like this. No, it's it's the first one to do it. Yeah. Ooh, someone's hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm getting there too. I was already sitting here. I was like, man, I'm gonna get some ice cream after this. No, I <laughs> ice cream. Did you say? I forgot what I I had something to say on what Holland had said, but yeah, I I agree. Like the the scale that they've achieved here is is pretty impressive, and for this to really be not and, the, and I mean and this isn't even the point, you know, the ending of it all. Oh, that's what I was saying. Like, um, I am I am very interested to see where they are going to take the story after this because honestly, right now. I see where it will. I can see where it will be eventually going to with 
because I don't think they're actually fully dead. I think they're going to bring all these characters, the majority of these characters back is the return of, you know, I think eventually they're going to get to the return of these characters. It's the in-between now and then that I'm extremely curious about. Like, I really don't see... Well, so Cap- Captain gonna... Marvel is is a prequel, uh-huh. and and uh, so it, it tells the story of uh, what's her name? It's Carol Danvers, right? Yep. Do you know? Yeah. Colin? Carol Danvers is um, in in uh, Supergirl. Is that her, oh, is that Captain Marvel's name? If it no, is, that's no, hilarious. No, no, no. Maybe Carol is Carol Danvers. Uh, is is that uh, Supergirl? Uh, Carol Danvers is Supergirl's sister. I think. Yeah. Danvers, See, I know the last name is right. It might be the mom. I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, no, oh, you're no, no, right. No. Real no, name. No, I'm Carol right. Danvers. Okay. okay, good. Good, what? good, good. Yeah. That's... Okay. That's what I wanted. Why Why are you... <laughs> oh, man. I, I said yes. I'm... I'm... Oh right! I, I After Hulk oh, said eight, I was starting to think that oh. eight's probably not right. Though, for a <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was like, oh man, that that eight though is starting to sound suspicious. Yeah, no, right. yeah, apparently, apparently it is. It's Carol Danvers. Yeah, what Carol's, are the freaking chances? Carol, Carol, Susan. What? Well, no, I'm I'm not that that spaced out. I mean, I, I'm I'm right occasionally. <laughs> Well, no. No, I, not yeah, that her, you just randomly got the right name. I mean that like the, the last name and I. Carol Susan it, Jane Danvers. Okay. Okay. I'm just. I'm just I know saying. almost nothing about Captain Marvel. Just so we're. Yeah, I I don't know too much she's about her. She's the first Avenger. Either. I know that she, I know that she's extremely powerful though. Yeah, that's right. Why you're gonna see you're gonna see Nick Cage recruit her as one of the first Avengers. Yeah. Early, yeah, we're gonna see early, early stuff. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if. Uh... But anyway, that'll be that'll be exciting. I mean, I know we're gonna. Oh wait, so you're so you're saying that like. So the next the next movie is gonna be a prequel to what happened here. N- no. Uh, it'll be like significantly. It'll be actually a, it'll occur before the first Guardians of the Galaxy, even. Uh, oh well, wow! No. It'll okay. be it'll yeah. even before. Uh... It won't be before Doctor Strange falls off that cliff in his movie. No, it will be before uh, Iron Man, I think. Yeah, it's it's like it's set well before the rest. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like she, she's it's it's her it's her being introduced as a character before the anything else going on on Earth was was. Uh, addressed at all and okay. um and she's being played played by uh brie brie larson yep who i who i uh, think is very pretty <laughs> so what is, okay is, so what that is, is the no next... bearing on her her acting is her acting she's a very good actress i just also think she's very pretty <laughs> i just wanted you guys to know where i stand on this no oh. she is <laughs> okay so what is so is this the next movie that's coming out what like what's next Let's see. I, I, I will, uh, I will I look that up and I will tell you. It says Captain Marvel 2019. So 2019, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. It should be uh, Ant-Man and Wasp should be the next movie, yeah. right? Yep. yep. Ant- Ant-Man and Wasp is, is what's next. And then let's see there. It's full movie schedule here. But he, yeah. Oh, let me just say as an aside, guys, websites... 
for mobile are terrible. There are <laughs> ads everywhere, and you try to click on something, and it's a slideshow so that you have more ad interactions. It's just honestly the worst. I would think, um, I think they said March, sometime in March next year for Captain Marvel. Okay. But I mean, uh, so the this one would be Ant 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 Man and Wasp is this summer, I think July. And then, yeah, so so the the uh, the Captain Marvel film set in the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Oh but wow! I think, okay. I think we only have two movies in between this part one and part yep. two. That's what it looks like. Yeah, so it's it's going to be Ant Man and the Wasp, and then uh, Captain. Marvel, and then we've got the second Avengers film, which I do not think will be called Infinity War Part Two. Let me just put that out there. Well, early. I mean, it will be Part Two of of the Infinity War, though. No, I think the Infinity War is over. I think that it's been won by Thanos, and now it's a different subtitle. Oh. But in spirit, it's kind of like part two. Yeah. It, well, sure. It kind of is. Yeah. 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 yeah I just. I just. I mean, he coming. still has the stones. No, so it's he, like, he's. Yeah, you're right. It's not going to. This be is the counterattack. Yeah. Right. There you go. It's the leading up to taking back control and and <laughs> making sure all those people that turned to dust are back. That permanently died. Yes, they did die. I'm sorry. Yeah. To say. <laughs> Avengers <laughs> that. Taking back the Infinity Stones and trying to bring back I mean, all of our money makers. Did you not see that the, the title at the end of the movie, it faded away as well? I mean, that just says something. <laughs> uh, We're looking sure, at a li- maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so, though. You've been wrong most of the night, so I'm just going to go with no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Holland. No, just forget <laughs> It's okay. We're, gonna, yeah. we're giving him too hard a time. We are. But, I, but I just, so- I don't know if you're right. I want you to be wrong. I don't want to be right. That's the thing. If they, Joel is a, has a point. They would literally throw away all that hard work <laughs> into the dump. Yeah. I think the back, I, I think from what we said is like, uh, oh, 10 years going so successfully. I think if we find out. With the next movie that, that there is, or someone leaks that there's that all these characters are actually dead and never coming back, the ten year franchise that ended so well just didn't just all of a sudden failed, <laughs> and it didn't end so well. It burst yeah, like a it's like yeah. That's a that's a little bit of a tank there if it's uh, if it's really truly like all right. Well, that's the final chapter. For no, but, I mean characters. seriously, think about it, like the like this. What you said about like like how how ten years led up to this movie, it feels good, but what if you knew that for sure all of those people were actually dead and that's how they were killed off? <laughs> yep. All of a sudden, that ten year lead up isn't so great. With the snap of yeah, a finger. I... Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, we'll just we'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway. Yeah. Well, there you go. So fingers crossed. Fingers you know, crossed. Not everybody is dead. Yeah. And. Uh, as much as as it hurts us to say this, Holland is wrong, and <laughs> that's that's the way that the the podcast that's the way that is the world works. Title. Yeah. So. All right. Well. Until next time. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Yeah. However, however many, all two of you. Yeah, all two of you. Thank you. Thank you. One of them may be me. I'm not really sure. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time. Bye.